Hello everybody, Bradley here, welcoming you into the first episode of VBcast, a brand new podcast I am starting on this YouTube channel or in the podcast feed if that is where you are listening to this. In this very first episode, we are doing a creator spotlight with Sassy Gamer Lady. You will recognize her from the Civ Give where we were neighbors and we had a fun little relationship there. My goal for this podcast is to do one of two things, or two of two things, but in this episode, one of two things, is to take people from the community, not just the Civ community that we're familiar with, but from gaming in general, people who create content on YouTube, on Twitch, on Facebook, wherever it is they're doing it, and just sit with them and have a chat as if we bumped into each other at the pub. So this episode is three hours long. It's a, it's an extensive conversation. We bounce around a lot. There's, there's not a lot of consistency to the topics or anything, and that's exactly what I want for you to see me and these other content creators and maybe a little bit of a different light, us hanging around, us having a little bit of a chat. For this first episode, I am aware that the audio for me is a little little bit quieter. I overcompensated because you guys on YouTube often tell me it's too loud and I overcompensated a little bit. So I will work on that in the future. Otherwise though, I am so happy to welcome you into this first episode with Sassy Gamer Lady and I hope you enjoy it. Hello everybody, Bradley here and welcome into VBcast for the very first episode. Today I am sitting down with Sassy Gamer Lady to chat about literally anything. We'll kind of see where this goes. I could write a long introduction, but no one is better at introducing themselves than themselves. So Sassy, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Well, I, I feel like I've been thrown under the bus. Hi! Sorry. I am Sassy Gamer Lady. <laughs> Where, where does that name come from? I don't know from? where to go from no, there no, it's now. Okay, it's okay. Where does that name come from? I feel like it's obvious. With this one, I feel like it's going to be pretty easy. But where did you uh, get that handle from? Me? Sassy? Never. No, no, no. It couldn't no. be. It couldn't be. Um, you know, I've, I've been gaming for a really long time. Um, my first encounter with gaming was uh, Atari. Nice. Classic. Not to age myself or uh, anything. Of course not. And... No. And um, I just remember, I'm, as as a kid, I just remember having the best memories. I remember opening my first Nintendo, and we're talking when it was called the NES. Oh, boy. <laughs> Nintendo <yeah>. Entertainment System. <laughs> Continuing to not and, age yourself, for sure. Yeah. And playing Mario Brothers 3. And just I just really loved gaming my whole life. And it was about five, I think five years ago. I don't know how long, how long has Twitch been a platform for? 2011 maybe it used to be called justin tv and like back in the old call of duty days i remember watching people on a platform called justin.tv and i think it it's the same company to just change their name or something okay but like in mainstream relevance five six seven years maybe i don't know right so it was about probably around five five years ago when twitch started to get you know steam and people became interested and my friends were like you're so good at gaming and you just, you know, you play lots of PC games and you're just very entertaining and, 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 you know, you have a laugh and everything else. And I was just like, they're like, you really should, you should be streaming. And I was like, well, at the time I was living in England and, um, I think it was actually over seven years ago. I can't remember. Yeah. It's definitely before I left England and people said I should get into it. So I thought about it at the time, but then my pub was like right down the street and all my, and I was busy. <laughs> I had, a, I had a really amazing pub yeah. and the ale was fantastic. Uh, but I had a lot of really good friends and um, I really love like tabletop role playing. So like D&D and Call of Cthulhu and Deadlands and there's tons of R tabletop RPGs out there. And so we would have 
a, a group of people that would meet every Thursday called Harrogate Role Players. And that's how I made a lot of friends. So I was so busy with real life and living my life in England. And I lived in North Yorkshire, Harrogate. I was just going to interrupt me. Like, where in England did you live? Because I've been to England yeah. and I just like knowing more people. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Anyways. like I lived... I lived in Harrogate for 10 years. It's a beautiful place. Um, I suggest people look it up. And if you ever think about going to England, don't think just London. It's a two hour train ride north of London. And I would definitely go see places like um, York. Um, York is gorgeous. There's, you know, I'd go out to see Wales. I go up to Edinburgh. So these are all these, like I traveled all around England. Um, I spent some time. I would also travel over into Europe. So my life was really busy and fulfilled. And then I moved back to the states and i was working at the time and you know a really good friend of mine she was like you really should stream you'd be so good at it and i was working a job full-time at a library and i was thinking about getting my master's in library and information science to further my career and we were looking at moving states um because some people don't know this and i usually don't share this but as we're getting to know each other a little bit better um, my husband's in the military so i'm a military spouse so we tend to move a lot. So when I was kind of in between this another state move, which moving a lot can be very difficult, and um, anyone that's in the military listening know that I, I feel your plight. It is a difficult uh, thing to do and, and to deal with. So I was like, well, I need something to kind of tide me over, some kind of hobby that's going to help me get through it. So my husband was like really encouraging too, and he's like, you should stream. You should stream. And I'm like, I guess I'll try. <laughs> so... <laughs> I started streaming three years ago in December um, when I started my master's in library and information science. And um, it's kind of helped me through the moving and, and the job search because everyone know COVID hit. So my, I finished my degree in 2020 and I've, I've been looking for a job for a year and a half. So it's kind of filled that gap and that's, that's really helped me. But um Going back to the first question, I just went on a ramble. Keep Sorry, going. I apologize. This is great. <laughs> so going back to the first question, it was how sassy gamer lady. It's like I always had um, my first tag name online was preparedness girl because I used to play Counter-Strike and I was in a and I competed in, in first person shooters. And um, I was really in and we're talking Counter-Strike. Just so people know, this is a Counter-Strike Go. And I was in a clan and we competed. <laughs> and at one point it was really fun. We all met up. So I had that, that was my name was Preparedness Girl. And uh, that kind of toughened me up about what it's like to be a woman and playing a game online. And then I, I realized now I'm older. I wanted a game that can kind of mature with me, um, being an older gamer. And I was just like, it's got to be something good. It can't just be like sassy girl right or, yeah 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 no it doesn't quite do it yeah and i'm like i'm not a girl i'm a woman <laughs> i'm a lady now yeah and i'm a lady and at times i can be a bit of a lady and sometimes i can be a bit of a not so so much a lady because i swear so um i'll try to behave on the podcast oh no, no swear away it's all good no no this gets the little e explicit. it's a good thing we're not having beers no, no, i can't <laughs> contain myself from swearing I, I try so hard on stream to not swear that and my job in real life i can't swear and so I, from those two i just anytime on a podcast it's just you gotta you get a filter you have a filter for each side yeah i feel like <laughs> this is very much it's a turned off type of filter podcast <laughs> I, I can't do it yeah, so I was just like, and I can be a bit sassy, and I was just like, you know what, sassy gamer lady, that's it. And and then I thought, um, 
you know, at first I just had like some emoji or however people say that, you know, the, I'm terrible at words. I, so anyways, emote, emoji. Yes. Uh, yes. Emoji. Know. Like what, what do they call it? It's like, is it an emote? No. Okay. So anyways, I, I saw a lot of streamers out there that I noticed that women tended to always, they call it the duck pose where they put their lips there. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. 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 And they do this like selfie, like, I got you. And show your, the your chest off. Reenactment is so good. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not me. Uh, that's not. I'm not trying to sell my body image here. Right. I'm trying to sell who I am. I want a representation of who I am, um, so that people have an idea when they walk into my stream what to expect. And so I saw like Co Carnage. Um, did I say his name right? I think so. I love his stream. Okay. He's cool. And he is very family friendly. He's one of those streamers that's successful and doesn't swear, which is it's right. So when he when he first started out, my husband had said, hey, check the streamer out. And he had maybe a thousand viewers under that when he first started out. And that was like three years ago. And like now he can have up to 20,000 viewers. He's great um, on those game releases. I don't watch him often, but because he plays variety, I like tuning into his stream anytime a new game drops to see if I want to play it. Like, I remember the Borderlands game was like that. The new Borderlands came out, and I was like, oh, I'll tune into Co-Carnage. He's going to play it, and mm -hmm. I'll get a good idea from him. He makes those cool YouTube videos about, like, should you buy this game, should you not? And I, yeah, okay. no, he's, he's a great streamer. Yeah, so he was kind of like, I saw, and I saw his symbol, and I'm like, that really represents him. And then I was watching another streamer because he does a variety of streams and especially like RPGs that tends to be his bread and butter. He's a huge fan of like Pathfinder, which are some of my favorite games. And then, yes, I know Austin. My dog is wanting attention. He's just, I love you. Yeah, uh, yeah, dog friendly podcast. We support. All yes, dogs. I am. the dog. It's like, he's very sweet. Like he's just, I, I don't know if he wants to be or not. And then I also saw um, someone who I really like to watch for strategy games and you know he plays like civ 6 and he plays one of my favorite games darkest dungeon um that i absolutely love and i was just like and it was um filthy robot oh never heard of filthy never... robot yeah he actually has like somewhere between 200 to 500 viewers at a time and he focuses on mostly like strategy games like battle brothers like I said, Civ 6, because I, I was trying to learn how to get better about Civ 6, and it was like right when it first came out. So I started watching, um, you know, Filthy Robot, and he has lots of really good videos and tutorials and things like that. And he plays all the games that I like to play. So I was like, well, I really like his symbol because it's like, you know, it's like a symbol of a robot fist. And I was just and that's kind of like how it came together. Like I made the design myself. I kind of did a sketch and then I went to the person that did some of my emotes and I said, could you, can you make this better? Can you draw it and make it better? So that's kind of where sassy game related came from was I love, I love to game, but I tend to throw sass because right. you know, you, it's just who I am. I love sarcasm and humor and I, I believe in kindness, but at the same time, it's like if, if someone's going to be coming into my stream and troll me, you got another thing coming. Right. Fair enough. Uh, do you feel over the course of your streaming career that 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 has served you well, then, you know, creating a brand, an image, a, a name, a photo around a specific part of yourself that you want the audience to kind of know about from the hop? Do you think that's worked well for you? 
Yeah, I think it really has. Um, I think it's harder for... It, it's a very strange place for women when streaming um, because there's a lot of harassment you face. I know that sometimes people go, oh, you don't face harassment, and I'm just like... <laughs> oh, there's so many. We're, we're, we'll talk a lot about this but there are, it's it's unreal it's unreal it, you, yeah you can't even start it's ridiculous it's yeah so ridiculous. that's i mean when you look if you if you go into the twitch settings and you bring them up um and you look under how to set up filters you know it's bad when there's a filter specifically for miskiny if i'm saying that word right misogyny misogyny yeah, yeah sorry wow no, i just totally good. killed that I'm so <laughs> bad at pronouncing that. words. I swear I'm literate. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, so there's there's literally a setting for that. Yeah, that's really and bad. I, I think, didn't even know that till right now. That that's a big red flag. Like, are you, you looking at it? Like, I'm, I'm not because I have this recording my okay. desktop audio, and so anytime yeah. I go to a different browser or click it, it'll come on the pod. Okay, because I'm gonna bring up the filter and I'm gonna read it off uh, for everyone because it's under moderation. And you look under auto mod rule sets, it literally says demonstrating hatred or prejudice against women, including sexual objectif object objectification. <laughs> yes, thank yeah, you. No worries. There's literally a setting for that. Do you, is that a turn offable setting? Is that something you can toggle or is that permanently? You can toggle it, so you can what? you can set it. No, you can set it to maximum filtering. I'm gonna try and look at this without going on the. Okay, so if you go into moderation, because a lot of people use, um, they use lots of different kinds of bots. Right, like Moobot, like or Nightbot. Nightbot. Yeah, so Twitch actually has their own bot system. So if you go into you go into your dash, your creator dashboard, click on mod moderation. All right, I'm getting there. I've never yeah. been to this part of the Twitch dashboard. Settings. I like when it, whenever there's a new technology, I, I like to delve into each part of it. I read everything. And then um, if I'm not sure about something, I look it up so I can learn more about it. This is unreal. They let you, there's four different filter options for how much misogyny you want to allow in your stream. Yes. Unreal. That is insanity. Good, I mean, this is all in, this whole page is insanity to me. I mean, read it, you can read it out to people because some people might not know where this setting is. Yeah, if you go to the moderation in your Twitch dashboard, it literally gives you like discrimination and slurs, two things that you don't want on your platform, but then lets you decide how much discriminating and slurring you want to do for a variety of categories, not just misogyny, disability, sexuality, sex. I, this sounds very suspicious. I wonder how this works. That sounds like a terrible idea. Why is it not just on maximum filtering all the time? Because you'd be surprised where things like, it could be something very innocent. And it and gets it can flagged, like the system overcompensates. Yeah. yeah. I but don't know about that. That's, that seems misogyny at, Like, I have that set to maximum filtering, just so you know. Yeah, no, obviously. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that it gives you... I've never looked at this screen, so all of mine is set to, to, to less filtering, just because I use another... I have people that are always around to moderate, but I just use another bot. But yeah, that seems suspicious. 
I I I don't know if I'm vibing with this page. This seems very 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 <laughs> suspicious. Interesting. I mean, I have yeah. So I have Nightbot and I have um, my auto mod set up as well. Yeah. Well, we're on the topic though. I, I put it in our our show notes sure. here, but it's it's a good time to to bring it up. I kind of wanted to know just with whatever you're comfortable sharing, kind of what your experience. Probably just on Twitch, like as as a platform, one of the questions that came into our Discord for us to talk about was the things Twitch needs to do better to to make the platform safer. Um, But what has your experience as a woman streaming on the platform been over the last number of years that you've been doing it? Tough. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. I think... I, that's the reason why, um, and I and I do have a good story about this. It was right when um, the th- what was it? The second? No, was it the last expansion of Civ Six? The new Frontier Pass one, like last the last yearish, or the one before no, that? No, the the Gathering Storm. Gathering Storm, yeah. Gathering Storm came out, and I was streaming on Civ here and there, but I came across the game mechanic, and I'm like, oh, I really like this guy. He's really sweet. He's very nice and kind, and he has kind of like the same philosophy I have with, you know, how you treat a community, and you, you you know, you're chatty, and you're nice, and all that, and so I was, you know, I started, I'm very talkative, so they all, everyone started, oh, you have Bubbly, too? That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. So do I. That's perfect. Oh, that's so cool. And in Canada, they market this like Michael Bublé from Vancouver. And I live in Vancouver for those listening. And Michael Bublé is from here. So he does like Bublé like as the ads. And so I assumed it was a Canadian thing until this moment. I did not know this was an international. I thought we, I thought Michael Bublé was spearheading a Canadian. See, it has a little smile on it. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) I I think yours... Yours has lipstick. Does mine? Wait, put yours back up. Oh, yeah. Look. No, mine's cherry, though. Mine does have oh, lipstick. Oh, that's it's cherry. Yeah, oh, I think that's because it's cherry. I have a, one sec, I have a blackberry tan here. Yeah. No, this one is a bow tie. <laughs> this is cool. I, I thought this was a Canadian thing until this moment. I know. That's very funny. <laughs> we so got distracted. That's hilarious. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Anyways, you're talking about TGM <laughs> and his stream and his community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so TGM, and so he's like, hey, why don't all of us content creators get together and do a multiplayer stream? And I'm like, oh, that'll be a lot of fun. Heck yeah. So we did it, and um, it was not the best experience for me. In what way? And, well, what happened was, to start with, it was terrible. I was in a bowl of mountains. Okay, so the game was not going well. And that that was part of it. Right, that's the first part. So of it. there was the that's just a lead well. into the story. Yeah. So I'm in a bowl of mountains, and uh, north of me is Normulator. South of me is Tomb Raider, to the right. South Vaguely of me. Vaguely familiar with all these people. Yeah, and bottom left was um, Eminem. No idea. Anyways, that probably okay. doesn't matter that much. Yeah, so I was like, it wasn't going well. There was no way. And like Tomb Raider is, competes. He's incredibly competitive. On He does multiplayer. That's all he plays. Oh, boy. Yep, that's a problem sometimes. Not all the time, and but you sometimes know, that can be And Normulator is very good. Yeah, Normulator is fantastic, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't going very well. And then I got hate rated. 
rough. Had somebody come in and and um, I talked about this a little bit on the Civ show, and they started calling me like a bitch and a pig, and you know just you know, attacking me as a woman and attacking my weight and everything else. And they were just, it was horrible. That's absurd and, that someone would do that. I want to, we're going to, because that happened to Pokimane this week. So we're going to talk about that as well. But that's ridiculous. That's not even the worst hate rate I've ever had. I had one that was far worse than that. Oh, so this happened during the multiplayer to the point, like, they wouldn't leave me alone. And I, and I hadn't been, had that problem that often because I was such a small streamer. But because I was participating in a multiplayer stream and there was a lot of, you know, people, I immediately got attacked because I was the only woman. Right. And and I'm assuming as a smaller streamer, you don't have the infrastructure to even not just deal with it on an emotional level, but like to actually moderate that as it's happening. Right. Yeah. Like you would moderator. need an army of mods to start banning people. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's. And there were certain things I hadn't um, done before. Like, it's really important, and I'm going to put this out there. If you're in, if you're streaming, uh, to make sure you check that box under your moderation that says they have to have a verified email. Yeah, is that relatively new? I feel like that's relatively new. I am no, it's not. Okay, so it's not new. What's relatively new is that they have to have a verified phone number uh, if you want to be extreme about it. Okay, I knew something, in that and that was I, fairly new. Yeah, and I didn't know about the email thing, so I think that was part of what was happening. And that was, and this was three years ago, and that was back after that happened, I said, okay, I well, I first of all, I had to put my BRB screen up, and I walked away from my computer crying, because they were so horrible, and you no matter how tough you try to be, it still kind of like picks uh, away at you. No, there's no way to do that, you just gotta, gotta decompress it's, somehow. Yeah, and so I, I messaged um, TGM on Discord and told him what happened, and so he's like, well. And he came over with people, and he's like, no one's going to do this to Sassy, and it was really, really sweet, and then um, they stuck up for me, and it, and then I came back, and I felt, you know, I kind of pulled my shit together. Yeah. I put it all together. I put it in a backpack, all my shit, so it was together. And then... Um, I went back and I continued to stream and I, of course I didn't win or whatever, but after that it was like, I never wanted to do another multiplayer again. I never not. wanted to yeah, why, why, participate why yeah. in anything that might be big because it just puts a target on your back. If you, anytime you bring up the Civ channel, right? If you or not the Civ channel, if you Civ category, how many women are actually streaming Civ six? Oh boy. Yeah. Not a lot. Certainly not a lot. I know even just people I know of and I'm I like tune into different streams and everything I'm fairly well versed in like the Civ 6 Twitch community you stream it often right like I obviously know of your stream you're here on this podcast so I hang out in your stream Sophie Quest streams it from time to time I know of one woman who plays multiplayer and I know that her and her husband are there together and play they're both high level multiplayer oh, that's awesome so they do that together I might be missing somebody, but that feels like mostly it that I know of for sure. So not a lot. So that's a, that's a really big deal because I had a lot of women reach out to me uh, when they saw me on the Civ Give and that it, it made them feel good that they had representation because they're like, well, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, and they were, they felt comfortable to talk in my chat and they're like, you know, I really love Civ. 
but I've never seen any women play it. And thank you so much for playing this game because I really love to play it and I love this game. And then I had a community of women that reached out to me to join their discord that play sim oh, all the that's time. Really and they, cool. That's super cool. Yeah. So that, so I'm glad that, and, and then I have uh, new people that followed me that now they hang out all the time and we did like a community game and it, I think it was my first time I've ever played Civ with another woman. And really? <laughs> yeah. I, it makes a big difference too, because just, just recently there's someone in TGM stream Paisley trees, I think is her Twitch name. And, you know, she she just she's a historian or something of the sort. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but she knows her history really well. And so she made this YouTube video um, with her partner. I don't want to assume their relationship. But I think it's their partner. And it was a, a video playing through the game on Deity as a certain Civ, but also going over the, histor the history of it as they were playing along. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's and so, awesome. you know, no YouTube presence, never streamed before nothing, just just was familiar enough with that community and posted on Twitter and then through TGM's retweet of it, I came across the video and I watched it and, and really enjoyed it and made sure to like leave a comment on the YouTube video like, hey, keep going. Oh, this is good. great. This is awesome. I really love this video. Um, but from there, from there since then, I, I know that she was on TGM's kind of community night where they were chatting about, where, where he was having that kind of he swings and roundabouts of people on his Discord hanging out, and that was super cool. Uh, and I think it probably makes a big difference that that you were on the Civ Give and you're putting yourself out there, and despite the hate raids or oh, whatever is going on, thank right? Thank you. <laughs> I, I I imagine I imagine for the next person it'll make a big difference that Paisley's doing what she's doing and making those videos and covering the history of it of the Civs and whatnot. And so um, I, I would assume it makes a bigger difference than than just the immediate level of kind of attention after the Civ Give and people appreciating that. I think it probably makes a difference longer term too um, for, for people to have seen you on there and then feel comfortable to start making their own content after that. I'm not, I don't and wanna... I love, I love making new friends. So I met someone, um, she's, you know, now she's hanging out and part of the discord and stuff like that. And I love making new friends. So to me, that's the biggest thing. It's not just about being successful and streaming. It's about growing a community. And I, I used to, because I, I used to run a Conan Exiles RP PvP server, and so I already had like a community base to start with. So it wasn't like I had zero people in my Discord. I already had like close to a hundred anyway. So it, it it felt like a natural way to move forward. And my idea was about growing the community so that more people meet and more people play games together and get to know each other and have a have a place to feel safe to hang out in. And um, I try to be as inclusive as possible because I feel like everybody is in this world together and we're all here to help each other. And the best way to do that is by growing a community that accepts people for who they are. Absolutely. So, Do you... I want to circle this back to the question about Twitch as a platform. I remember listening to yeah. the interview you did with the, the Civ show. And there's definitely two parts to, to, to Twitch as a platform. One is the community part that you and I are a part of, right? We have a responsibility for our communities and making sure they behave. And uh, I know just within the Civ community, which if you're listening to this and you don't actually follow my stream, I play a lot of Civilization, so that's the community I'm most involved in. We have like a Civ Interpol Discord going on. So if you get banned in one of the 
kind of civ channels that we all hang out in right and you do something you'll just get banned in all of them right so we all have that kind of collective responsibility to make sure our streams and we even kind of make sure like within our streams if we're rating each other or whatever it is um, that those people that then go to those streams are, are well behaved in, in kind. Um, and that's on each individual streamer. Some people do it better than others. Some people have no regard, like hate raids. That's just someone doing the exact opposite and using like weaponizing their community. Mm-hmm. And so people are not often, just disgusts me. Yeah, people are not often good at it, but there is a level of personal responsibility. But then there's a the platform, right? Twitch has a lot to do with making sure their platform is safe and, and usable and where people can come on and what they advertise is that anyone can go live, right? Like anyone can just start playing games. They're they're What they're advertising as a product is that it's free. It's easy. You got to put a thing on your screen, use OBS, your Xbox live thing, click go live and voila, you're streaming to the, the, the metaverse of people who want to watch video games. Metaverse. yeah, I don't know what word I'm looking for there, but it felt that right. That sounds like such a meme. That felt that felt right to me. That felt that kind of that kind of how Twitch advertises, right? They don't what they, what they don't advertise is like, hey, this is really hard. You know, there's gonna be a lot of people on here that, yeah. that are mean to you. That's not what they're advertising, right? And so the platform That's has very a res- true. The platform has a responsibility to live up to how they advertise themselves and how Twitch advertises themselves as a safe fun place where anyone who enjoys video games and wants to broadcast that can do it relatively easy simply and for free so how do you feel twitch as a platform does in that and i'm going to assume probably not well considering the hate rates um but how do you think how do you feel like it's changed over time and and where would you like the platform to go in that regard i think i was reading an article because you broke up you you brought up uh pokemon and um I came across one of the articles about her and she was talking how there should be like a kid's platform. And it's really interesting because I was just discussing this with the Civ Give that I think that even though people can set their channel to mature. Yeah. I really think there needs to be two separate platforms. If somebody wants to be exclusively 18 plus and we're talking 18 plus content. Right. Like the hot tub stream type thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, but yeah. I let you say it. No, no, it's all good. Would you include like excessive swearing or just except like, is that also kind of where you would define 18 plus or like, where would you draw I think the line? 18 plus is anything that like over sexualizes things. Right. Because I don't so, think that's appropriate so not for necessarily, children. Not necessarily sexual acts or anything. Those are already banned, but anything that's overtly sexual for the purpose of sexualizing the content. Yes. Okay, cool. I'm not, I'm not trying to have a judgment. I'm just trying to make sure we're on the same page with like where you're drawing the line for this separate. Yeah. I think that's, that's really from, uh, it's, I mean, if somebody's like, well, they, they have all these things like, you know, you're not so promote, promote, like you have to wear a certain amount of clothing. It's very convoluted. It's a very convoluted system by which they they're sitting there. I'm like, I know that's not a bikini girlfriend. Right. You yeah. need to go slap some clothes on. <laughs> Fair enough. Come on, let's get real here. Yeah. And so what how would that affect the so you have this separate platform, the hot tub streams, those types of things are moved to that platform. How does that change Twitch for you and your community and, and other people on the platform? I think it would draw people that tend to want to sexualize women 
to that platform because that's what they're going for. I'll tell you, there's nothing more annoying than when a troll comes into my chat and he's like, where's your hot tub? Right. And I'm like, dude, you're in the wrong place. Right. So the idea being that if this separate platform existed, that those people who are the people who are overtly sexualizing their content can go over there. But then the people who are looking for that are also over there and thus not on your stream or on someone else. You would hope, hope. but that's not necessarily the case. I mean, there's just people out there and you can't control everyone's behavior. I I mean, that's the reason why there's all the auto mod functions and Nightbot and all this kind of stuff to kind of filter those people out. Yeah, I want to give you kind of some of my thoughts on on Twitch a little bit too, and I want to see. I'm curious. I, I've never I've never talked about these, and I I'm not going to talk about it from a perspective of like being a woman on Twitch because I'm not. I get the easy road on Twitch, and <laughs> I don't get hate. Hey, you get to you get, get to wake hate. up, and you don't got to slap that makeup on no, your face. I don't you have can choose to, to. I don't get the hot tub questions. I don't get the hate raids. I don't get any of it. But just from a trying to make sure that my community is being respectful and inclusive and kind and right. those things. To everyone, not just to women, to all the streamers out there. Um, one of the things I struggle with is I find that part of mod- part of what makes moderating Twitch hard for, for me, and I'm assuming for Twitch, is that most Twitch discoverability comes from less moderated platforms. So almost all of my Twitch subscribers, yeah. Twitch viewers came from YouTube. And when you come from YouTube, you can comment whatever you want in there. I don't even read them, like, unless it's so bad that an auto thing gets deleted. Like, there are thousands and thousands of comments on YouTube, and you can't sift through them all, right? And so that form of interaction is is heavily unmoderated and often unlooked at or unknown. And so when those people who play by those rules on YouTube then come over to Twitch, 80%, 70%, whatever it is of my Twitch audience came from YouTube where there's just a different set of rules and ways you can interact and you're not interacting with the person directly. Like I've pre-recorded the video. I've put it online. Whatever you yeah. put in the comments is not happening to happening to me live. By the time I see it, I've had a chance to like decompress, have a laugh about it, delete it and just exactly. move on. It's not happening in real time. So I feel like those lines can get blurred in a way that makes it really hard mm-hmm. to transition a YouTube audience into a Twitch behavior model. And it's the same with TikTok as another platform um, that a lot of people will come to streams on too. And it's just moderated in a very different way. And I found that really, really difficult to take people from YouTube who are kind of predisposed to behaving more poorly there and converting them to a culture of like, hey, not only can you not behave poorly here, like that's not acceptable, but also this is happening live. Right. I like this is being moderated live. Anything you say to somebody is kind of hitting them live and they have to react to it in front of an audience. And so it almost makes any kind of mean comments or rude comments or whatever even worse because that's happening to you when you're in front of an audience instead of uh, three days later after you posted the video that's and true. You've, you've completely moved on. So I, I don't know how much of that's a problem for Twitch and it's certainly not an excuse, but I've always wondered like internally at Twitch how they how they deal with that. Cause most of the people who watch Twitch did not come from Twitch and they follow it. They follow moderation rules from wherever they came from, which isn't an excuse for their behavior either. I, I don't think Twitch handles it well. And I'll give you an example of this. Sure. I had probably one of the worst hate raids in the three years I've ever streamed. And, um, they came in, it was kind of weird. They had these things that looked like milk jugs. 
You see where this is going? I'm not following yet, but I'll get there. Again, this doesn't okay. happen. So this like, doesn't happen to me. So it was like gallons of milk. Okay. It was an emote with two eyeballs. Oh, okay. No, I see it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, not ideal. And then they started slamming all of my chat with it. And they were they weren't saying much, but they were making me feel very uncomfortable. Like I just got like the creep factor times a million. And I was like, and then they started saying some creepy stuff. And I was just like, I'll be right back. And then I'm like messaging my moderator. I'm like, ban all these people, ban them now, ban them now. And the worst thing about it is when I'm like, I, one of my moderators at the time, he's like, I'm going to go investigate who it is that raided you. And he went and investigated. And this guy apparently uh, would do what his community would call rape women in chat. What the fuck? And they would choose women to go into and raid so that they can um, make them feel so uncomfortable, like they're feeling raped, gotcha. basically. And they thought this was acceptable behavior. Well, obviously not. Did Twitch do anything about it? I'll get into that. Okay. Cool. And so I saw, I didn't want to watch too much of it, but I was, I was just like, my mother's like, you got to see what this guy's doing. Because then I saw what he was doing and I was like, I was like, WTF, man. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? This is, this is you, scary. You can swear, let it out. It's all good. Yeah. I was it, like, what the fuck yeah, is this? And, the and then, explicit thing. You're all good. Yeah. And I was just like, it was, it, it still kind of creeps me out. Cause I'm like. And they would joke about it. They'd be like, okay, let's go rape this woman in chat. And let's go rape that woman in chat. And then they would t talk the names. And then I knew they were targeting me because they're like, oh, yeah, let's go get Sassy Gamer Lady. And I'm thinking, who is this guy? Like, I don't even know. He must have been a lurker that had been watching me for a while. Right. And went like, to this like guy to say. On people like, I'm going to find someone to target. Yeah. And, and then they it. came in and they came after me. And I went, I was, I reported it. I never heard back from Twitch ever. Interesting. And the guy is still on the platform. Oh boy. I don't even I don't even know if anything happened. I reached out. I'm on the um I'm part of a stream team. Uh that's a super super chill people. So I reached out to my stream team and I said, "Please can everyone report this person?" And um I reached out to someone that was kind of higher in my community and I and I said, "Could you please report this person?" He's like, "Well, you know, make sure you do like a screenshot or take a you know, I took a screenshot. He's like, you should also do a uh, Twitch clip of what he was saying before he, he rated you. And I said, look, I, I cannot physically go and look at that because it literally makes me sick. But also, and... like, it's not hard for Twitch to do. It takes 30 seconds to go and like, if you just report someone and say, hey, at the end of their stream, they were like doing their rape women hate raid thing. That doesn't take long for someone at Twitch to investigate that. Like, it's like, click on username, click on videos click on recent broadcast and it's there. So my friend, he, he, he did the Twitch clip for me and he also downloaded it for me in case I ever needed it. Cause I didn't even want it on my computer. I was so disgusted by what I saw. I was like, and this guy tends to, I don't know if you guys ever watch old man said this, but he tends to, you know, have lots of dick jokes and stuff like that, but he stood up for me and he like ripped this guy a new a-hole on, on Twitter. And all of everyone on my stream team, it's um, called the Guild Heroes because I really it's like 48 streamers and we're all very like 
community friendly, inclusive and all that kind of stuff. They all, I said, please guys just report this guy. And then I went to the game mechanic and I said, could you please get your community to report this person? Because this is somebody that should not be on this platform. And, and and, because it wasn't like, at first I didn't want to do anything about it. And then my moderator's like, you should do something about it because should do something about it. I can understand he's doing that to other women. Yeah. It's one of those things too, where like, yeah, like, like, you don't want to interact I, with it or do anything about it, but also you kind of have to, to to at least try to get this guy. And so my platform. moderator followed through and then started seeing what this guy was doing. And he didn't even get a ban. He didn't get a suspension. He got a little slap on the wrist and he's like, yeah, I need to be a little bit more careful now. And that's all that happened. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. And I'm going to take a guess that that happens all the time. That's my guess. I'm not positive on that, but I'm sure it's happening all the time. Rough. Yeah, I was looking at like a pie chart of how much money Twitch makes off of streamers. Like, I think when I saw the pie chart, almost like 60%, if not more, are affiliates make most of the money. Absolutely. Well, there's just way more. Like, the partners on Twitch are less than 1% for sure. And the partner yeah. percentage went down last year. It used to be like 0.75%, and it was down to 0.62 or something. Uh, before people comment, that could be slightly off, but I am positive that partnerships as a percentage of people streaming went yeah. down, not up, which means affiliates would be making more of the So money. that's, I, I think there needs to be, so that was my experience, and that person never came back to my Good. stream, I'll tell you that. That's a good thing. I banned all the names. I banned yeah. anyone I didn't know because I wasn't going to take a chance. And plus, I think old man Sethis really stood up for me and he's not one to be messed with. And um, I love him for that. And the game mechanic and the game mechanic made sure that other people in the community um, stood up for me because when I showed him the clip, because I think one of my community members had clipped what this guy had said. I mean, it really upset the game mechanic. He's like, this is this is horrible. Yeah, of course. You know, so I think there needs to be more transparency, especially with reporting. When I report somebody, I should get a notification. You I never got an email. Through. Yeah, there was absolutely no fault. There's no, hey, we're really sorry this happened to you. Um, we're looking into this. Absolutely nothing. It's just like you go click report. I never heard back. Yeah, the, the Twitch communication for everything is awful. Right. I thought I thought it would get better as a Twitch partner. It's just as bad. Not and I mean I have way less severe problems to be communicated with on Twitch. But it it yeah, the communication in general is terrible. And I think I, mean, I think I sympathize with that or at least empathize with it cuz there's a lot of just general kind of in the video game sphere. The games that do that, like not from a platform or from a abuse point of view but just any game that has cheaters the games where you report people and you get the confirmation like the email saying like hey thank you for your report as a result of this report and others this person has been banned that feels so good that feels so good it makes it it makes it feel good to help make the platform better right it it, it motivates you to do it again like next time you see the cheater or you see the person abusing other streamers or whatever it is it makes you motivated to go in and do something about it because you it makes you feel safer too absolutely like they never they never got back to me yeah so how was i supposed to know anything was done so i mean for weeks i felt really unsafe to stream because i was just like you know you try to feel comfortable and you try to put yourself out there and um, that goes back to my first experience, like I said, three years ago. After that happened, um, 
I put myself on follow mode only. And some people say, well, you know, that will put people off. And maybe that's why you're being hate rated or abused or whatever. I mean, I've thought about um, making like a poll to see what my community would think if they would be because it isn't just about me. That's the thing. It's it's about my community too, not being abused, you know, and I don't want to see people abused. So it's it's been tough, but you know, I put it in my about section. I said, you know, I'm on follow mode only, and this can put people off. However, it protects myself and my community, and that's the reason why. And it's not like it's a 10 minute you have to hit follow and it's 10 minutes before you can chat. It's just that trolls are lazy. And <laughs> yeah, that, they don't that, that, wanna... that extra click is too much. That's too So I'm gonna make them work for it. Yeah, the, the 10 seconds. That's interesting, actually, that that's helpful. Because I was just about to ask, isn't follow mode only literally just you just have to click follow quick? Like, it's not a yep. t- cool down. And that that helps. Wow. Wow. That's an especially incre- with the, Especially when they have names like wrinkly foreskin. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah, no, I gotcha. You know that they're, you just They're not going to click the, yeah. <laughs> they're not. No, no, I'm serious. I had someone follow me with the name wrinkly foreskin oh, I and I just had a it. laugh. I don't doubt and I, it. And I just went ban. Yeah. No, I don't doubt it. Um, the last thing kind of on this topic that I wanted to talk about is separate from kind of abuse and hate raids on the platform, but something I just hear yeah. a lot in the streaming community that I, I cannot stand. It makes me so. What? I don't, I don't know why it just, it makes my blood boil. And maybe that's just because as content creators, you just know how hard it is to be successful in any kind of way on YouTube or Twitch or whatever. But all of these fucking people, oh my God, you see it a lot in Facebook groups or whatever about Twitch. Um, I put it in the notes as dumb alpha bro assholes, but you can describe them any which way. That'll say things like, this one's the most common one that I hear. It's like, my stream is not successful on Twitch or I'm struggling on Twitch or I don't have the this amount of viewers it's on like Twitch. Herb, dumb alpha bro. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't have, I'm not successful on Twitch because women are stealing my views because all they have to do is click go live and be pretty and people will just tune in and watch, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but also something very prevalent and not at all an uncommon Sorry, sentiment. If- if you're having to say that, you're absolutely pathetic. Right. That's what I think. It's, it's You don't it's, have content people want to see. Right. It's absurd. Or you have it. It's absurd yeah. for a few reasons. First off, eight of the 10 most successful Twitch streamers are men. So that just doesn't make any sense. Secondly, yeah. like if you just go on the platform, there's loads of women that are streaming to 10, 15, 20 people. It's not like every woman who streams on Twitch is like streaming to 10,000 people. So that doesn't even make sense from, from that. Like there's still a wide yeah. distribution of all levels but thirdly your content just sucks you just suck you're a shitty person and your content sucks that's why people aren't watching you're a shitty person and you should do better right you're a shitty person so no one wants to watch you or i guess i guess people do want to watch shitty people to do the hate raids or whatever it is but it's like first off you're a shitty person and second off i guarantee you the reason why you're not successful on twitch is because your content sucks and that's not all there is to it it's not like you can just click go live with good content and voila you're the top streamer no, on the platform? No, it's everyone, everyone starting out starts somewhere. I started out and it was just like me and maybe my husband would put on the, <laughs> he would right. put on the thing and a couple of my real life friends are like, I'll put you on in the background to give you numbers. 
And I'm still three years in and I'm at maybe 15 to 20 viewers. And then I have seen a, a, a rise in my after when I'm not like when I'm done streaming, I have seen my videos get 150 or almost 200 views. That's good. So it's That's awesome. You also, you also need to measure your success on what your aspirations are and what your goals are. Um, sometimes I get really down on myself. If I have a day where my numbers dip to five, I'm like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Where can I reassess things? You know, what game was I playing? But it's, it's easy. If you, this is, uh, something else, if you're getting into streaming and you're getting frustrated, it's really important. If you go into your dashboard and you look at your channel analytics, analytics, this is the, this is the best little game that we play. I get to be like Google <laughs> Google Translate. Thank you. <laughs> My husband always like he's so sweet. I love him to death. He's such a supporter, but he's always like, I'll say a word wrong and he's like, blah, blah, blah. Right, yeah. Just like, he's under like I'm just correcting you because right. you know, to make you better. And I'm like, okay, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh so like looking at numbers, graphs, a breakdown, um, it gives you everything like who like how many subs you have um where do your views come from and it will tell you like is your views coming from your followers other channel pages brown pages browse pages it talks about like it gives me channels like uh 63 of the people that come into my channel are from the game mechanic oh yeah there you go so and like before when i started to get better at streaming like before i started um i did a lot of research and I think it's really important. There's a lot of really good videos and I can always give the links to Van Bradley and he can like maybe put it underneath oh, yeah, the yeah, channel. Oh yeah, in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put it in the uh, show notes. Yeah. There's, there's some really good videos out there about how important it is to network. You it's know, it isn't just... thing for sure. It's not just about streaming. It's about being active in other channels. Like the game mechanics, um, and this is something that we were going to cover anyways, is like, you know, who are my biggest supporters? Who do I look up to for streaming? And the game mechanics, one of the biggest people I looked up in streaming. There was times where I just wanted to give up. And, you know, he was always supporting me. I'm telling you, there were some weeks where my dep- like I always have no problem talking about mental health. And that was something that made me like the game mechanics. I think mental health is something that He's tends to get very generous with his conversations yeah. on mental health. He 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 makes himself quite vulnerable to to talk about it, which is definitely appreciated, I think. And it's important because mental health is something that's kind of always put on a shelf in the back of the corner, like the elephant in the room, and it shouldn't be. And so just having that person there to be supportive and I would, I could be having a bad day and it's almost like he, he just knows. And then I get rated with like 250 people. Yeah. Right. It it feels like it's meant to be like right at that perfect time, right when you needed it, right when you needed that boost. Yes. And the game mechanic comes in like, that's really cool. (laughs) There to lift you up. He's such a sweetheart. So, I mean, I can't stress this enough, but networking is the most important thing. And it also gives you communities and people a chance to get to know you and who you are and what you're about. Like if you're in a chat and you're always like cussing people out and being a poop, (laughs) nobody's going to want to come watch your material. Right. You'll probably be the the dab part of the dab which is the dumbass bros yeah what are the the dumb alpha bro assholes don't be be a dab don't be a dab dab. that's exactly right don't do that that's not good (laughs) so like i think that's a really important thing like i started out with just one or two viewers 
you need to set expectations for yourself and you need to set realistic goals and you got to decide why am I here to do this? If I was only to, if I was only on the platform to just stream, um, I wouldn't be successful. I'm, I'm on the platform in my mind to grow a community, make friends and give people a safe place to come and hang out and get to know each other. And I think that's the reason why it's been slowly growing, but a lot of it's, it's, it's a lot of factors. It's also about timing. I feel like maybe if I started streaming when the platform first came out, when all my friends said I should have done it, I would probably be way more successful. Do you so, ha how do you define success for yourself? Like what are your overarching, like where, where do you want your stream to go? Do you have anywhere specifically, or is it just, I'm I, just going to keep doing it, hanging out, having a good time? I think it's a little bit of both. It's a little of column A. It's a little of column B. <laughs> right. Gotcha. I mean, I would, I would love to see my community grow. I'd love to see my discord full all the time and everyone in different chat channels, playing games together, hanging out. To me, that That's would be cool. really successful. When you, yeah, um, there's, there is really, it's, there's very few better feelings than going into your discord server after you, you were off for two days or I, I, I work in a place without cell service. So frequently I just can't be on discord for a whole day and you go in and all your channels are white. Like people have been chatting in all of them. That's, oh, that's that, good. That's a great goal. I've never heard anyone say that for their goals. That's a good one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Don't it, make me blush. No, it is underrated. <laughs> Discord, because like, that's where your community hangs out offline. It's an underrated one to yeah. have a good Discord server. That's a great goal. Yeah, so that's a, that's a big thing for me. And that's the reason why like uh, one of my monitors is like, we should have a foodies channel. And so people will like, you know, cook a really lovely meal. They'll take a picture of it and they'll share recipes. And I'm a big anime fan. I'm crazy about anime. Yeah. I love anime. How, how much I know do the you different genres. How much huh? do you love anime? On a scale of a lot. One, a lot. Okay. I don't know what's a 10. Uh, you saved me from having to create a scale there. And I, <laughs> I had no idea where I was going. I, I was just about to have to create it. I don't watch anime at all. So I, I was lost. I'm glad you saved me from that. I You're was, welcome. I was I was gonna probably You've been have... saving me for my mispronunciations yeah. and I'm not even drinking right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I I was just about to go like dive deep into anime and I had no idea anything. The reason why I was gonna ask though is I was just hanging out with um Peppermint Butler in real life and he talked a few oh, times awesome. about these different animes. And I was just so lost. I just don't watch anime. And so what, I, what anime? I can't remember. He was just very <laughs> excited. We were just talking about like TV shows or movies we liked. And all of yeah. his picks were animes or Marvel movies, I think. Which is which right? is all good. I just had no idea what he was talking about. And so but I could tell he really liked anime. So I was like, I wonder how much Sassy likes anime. But I'm, I'm gonna I, I know the much. different genres. To start you out, one of my favorite genres is called Isekai. Oh dear. Okay. So Isekai about it. Okay, so Isekai is a type of anime and um, based off of the manga. And oh, I know that. Short novels. Yeah. And it's basically like something, it, it's always set in Japan, which is hilarious. So it starts out like either it's some, you know, it's usually some guy that works, you know, a crazy, like a job that's nine to five and he has to wear a suit and he has to go in and he's not really happy with his life. Or they're a shut-in neat. Do you know what that means? I, uh, I, you're just you're just vibing with anime, and I'm just like, yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> shut-in neat means like somebody that's not employed or working on education or training. Oh, I've I didn't know there was a term for that. Yeah, there's a it's it's a term. 
for people that are shut in neats. Oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> so right now I'm considered a shut in neat. So anyways, right. so they're either like not working a job, right? And they're just going about their daily life and they're not very happy with their routine and what's happening in their life. Or they're like working a job and it just feels like a dead end job and they're not really doing. So something happens, either they're playing an online uh, role-playing game, like an MMO, and they get transported into this fantasy world. Like reverse and they be- Jumanji? Like yes. instead of the board coming to life, they go into the that's yes. cool. Okay, I'm with you. That's so there's cool. I'll I'll send you one of my favorite animes um of this is I think you would like. It's probably called it's called Overlord, which okay. is one of my favorites. I have like my top five. I actually what, made a what list. Is the, what is the structure of Overlord? How do anime structures work? Like ten episodes a season? How long are the episodes? I really know nothing well, about a, anime. It other... depends on the anime. Like it could be 10 episodes a season it could be 25 episodes a season it could be something like crazy like bleach where it's just endless um but like isekai is basically something either either they're transported into it um like that that's one of my anime posters behind me right there oh cool that's That's, um sword art online that's in my top 10 isekai top 10 that's so many shows i love people who love anime because it's no no no. that's that's my top 10 under isekai alone oh, genre. I have okay. different, there's different genres of anime. Right. I, I, I this is the whole. I, isekai I'm, I'm, seems like where I would settle without knowing the other ones. That sounds cool. That was a good or way to something. S- yeah. Or something happens to them. Like they get killed and then they end up in this alternative universe. And it's like, they're reincarnated into a fantasy world and they have to like live out their spiritual self in this, and that's one of my favorite animes called Konosuba, which is hilarious. <laughs> I'm to think, I, while you're talking, I'm trying to think of animes that I've heard of. I have watched Avatar The Last Airbender, and I think that's it. And I don't even know if that counts as that's, anime. because That's it might like just, an American anime. It, that's I was just not quite say, where I'm at. It might just be that it's animated, and I'm considering yes. that anime, but that's not what that is. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's what's happening. <laughs> I just, that's, I'm trying, honestly, I was like, I'm, I'm, other than maybe, I'll send you links. Okay, you send me I'll links. I'll send you links. Peppermint yeah. Butler, if you're listening to this, just know that I did listen to what you were telling me about anime. <laughs> I was also drunk. So now, <laughs> now the, now it has fallen to Sassy to tell me about anime because I forgot everything you said. But I so appreciate I absolutely, yeah, I love fantasy. I love fantasy uh, stuff. So it's like I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I've, I've read loads of fantasy books. It got me through my like whole teenage years. That in uh, science fiction, like I was obsessed with Dune. At one point, I was like, I'm going to be a Benny Chesaret. I'm going to start <laughs> out with wiggling my little toe all on its own. Yeah. And I like read it religiously. Like I wanted to be a Benny Chesaret so bad. I really wanted to have the powers of one of those women. And I'm like, well, I got to start out with just wiggling my little toe on its own. Gotcha. And I couldn't even That's get so that good. far. So I was like, well, I'm never going to be a Benny Chesaret. That's out the window. What what are your favorite fantasy novel series? This is this is my, where I'm much more comfortable. I can I can okay. I can put both feet on fantasy novel ground and 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 understand what's going on. Okay, well, one of my favorite series is the Sword of Truth series. Interesting. Okay, never read it. Yeah, but heard of it. The Sword of Truth series. Um, I got I can't think of the top of the head what the name of the author is Sword of Truth. I'm googling it. I've set up a monitor now that I can Google without interviewing with the cameras. Terry Goodkind. Yeah, that's what I just googled too. And the the thing that will always um stick with me from that series was the main protagonist 
uh, Richard, the way he he thought about problems was it's not about thinking it's not about thinking about the problem but the solution. So you and found I feel like, like a philosophical that you were able yes. to take something philosophically away from that series. Yeah, it had very strong female characters too, which was really important to me um, because that was something I was frustrated with the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I loved I love Lord of the Rings, but my favorite favorite character was um I'm trying to think of her name and um, she represented Rohan and she's the one that destroyed the Night King. I and I feel like I know this and I'm just blanking. It's not I is it Egwin? If I'm saying it right or not. Oh, I there's a character in the last kingdom called Edwin, and I know that's not the same thing, but that's exactly where my mind went with that. Okay. I'm Googling it right now. Oh, it's Eowyn. It's just yes, hard. I'm not okay. know if I'm pronouncing yeah. it. Eowyn was the sh- I'm shield it. maiden. Yeah. Yeah. Of Rohan, daughter. Yeah. And she was so, so strong. And it is so funny because when I was younger, when I read the books, I really wanted her to hook up with um with the ranger, Strider. Oh, yeah. And okay. I was so mad when he turned her down. Like, I was furious when he's I was a, reading the book. I was like, oh, how dare he? It's been a and while since I'm... I've read Lord of the Rings, but he has that cool, especially when he shows up in the first book, he has that cool energy about him. Like, he just kind of comes out of nowhere. He's kind of gruff. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Like a lone wolf kind of guy. And you you don't know if he's a villain or if he's actually That's right. You don't. That, okay. I remember because he comes to them. They're in like a pub or something. I'm trying to remember yeah, how this... Yeah, he's sitting there. Yeah, yeah. Yep, they yep, did yep, a good yep. job with the films. Yeah, absolutely. And except for I have a criticism of Lord of the, of the, Lord, of the last film because I was really annoyed because in the film it's so important um, that he didn't just become king and people accepted it, that there was a prophecy that he had, f- had to fulfill, which is to bring the tree back to life. Right. I think it was, or the flower, like the flower he uses to cure everybody is unlocks this prophecy. And then the tree comes back to life or something like that. And then that's the representation of the return of the king. And he fulfilled that prophecy. And that's the reason why they respect him as the king, because they don't really, they don't cover that at all. And I have the extended versions. Like I sit down on Christmas day and it's tradition. I sit and watch them from 11 in the morning till 11 at night extended blu-ray so i was that was the only thing that upset me i'm like that prophecy is so so important because people just didn't know who the king was he'd been gone for so long he's not like a normal human he's part of this uh race of type of men that live for hundreds and hundreds of years versus the normal humans uh there's a term for it and i can't think of it so anyways yeah um that's another one of my favorites. I did like the Wheel of Time series, but I got to the point when I was reading it and um, he just, Robert Jordan had a tendency to keep introducing new characters and losing track of the previous characters. And oh, I got to the- I, I just feel that. I haven't read Wheel of Time books in a while either. I remember saying I could I, stand better on fantasy novel ground. These are all books I read a long time ago. <laughs> I know, me too. But I got really frustrated when I got to the point where it was another cliffhanger he left it at and the book hadn't been hadn't come out yet. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wait until he finishes the series. And then he died and he didn't That's finish it. And, and then somebody had to come and finish the books for him. And I, they said, like my f- friend said, they cleaned the books up. I have the same problem yeah. with an author right now, Patrick Rothfuss, who is not dead. He just hasn't written the, the third book in his series or whatever it's called. And I read the yeah. first two books a while back. Wow, a couple of years ago and they're so freaking good 
Like they're just incredible oh, that sounds novels. Good. And he just hasn't written maybe he is dead or something i don't know i'm kind of stuck on a fantasy series i just haven't finished and i hate i hate to be one of those people that doesn't finish a book and then just goes you know i'm just gonna shelf this for a bit and go to a new series so i'm trying to still finish that it's a pretty the first book was fantastic it's i think it's called the dagger in the coin series yes that sounds familiar i've certainly not read that though yeah the first the first book is the dragon's path and the name of the author is Daniel Abraham. However, that's a pseudo name because he didn't want to be stuck just writing one genre. So uh, he's also the same. Almost? Yes. So he's also the same author that wrote The Expanse. Oh, The Expanse is so good. The it is really good. I love books. it. Both yeah, are great. I haven't which read is the books. Unique. That doesn't usually happen. I know, but the, the show is really, really good. I just didn't like how they did that one character dirty but i don't want to like spoil, spoil it for anybody here, yeah yeah but i think you know who i'm talking about Absolutely. i love that character and i was like but there was like a whole uh thing behind something he did and and that's the reason why as a cast member he said no i'm i'm leaving the show i don't want to yeah. cause you guys problems so he had he had some sexual harassment that's a good reason Casey to leave the show him. yeah and then like it disappeared like you never know if it was true or not it just went like you can't even find it on Google. You're like, what happened to him? Nobody knows. So you're like, oh, that can't be good. Cannot be good. <laughs> that's certainly yeah. So that's that's a, that's a series um, I've I've thought about or I've read and stuff, but I haven't done the I haven't read the Expanse series. But a really good um, science fiction series on Netflix that I highly recommend, and they only did two seasons. The first season is really really good it's called altered carbon oh i've heard of that a lot of people have recommended that to me there's it's al- excellent there's altered carbon that gets recommended a lot and then there's some like sense eight or something it has that people recommend it kind of has like the blade runner feel to it it's very like cyberpunk it's 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 about this idea about you know because a lot of people say and 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 this is what they've said about blade runner is based off of a short a short series like book called do androids dream of what electronical sheep and <laughs> that's such a fun idea yeah yeah that's the name of the book and that's apparently what blade runner was based off of so it deals with this idea about consciousness and is is you know are, are robots like can they become self-aware and all this kind of stuff and that's what they kind of deal with blade runner and altered carbon they deal with this idea about consciousness being put into like basically like this small disc almost it's like this round thing like and that like you a... can just yeah, you just oh. insert it into the back of somebody's neck and their consciousness can be put into any body so you and your body's and just you can have like a bunch of robot bodies and just like plop your consciousness into whichever one you think but they don't use robots in altered carbon they use actual human beings that is fucked i yes. that is wild to wake up in another person's body yes like, and least... that's why altered at least Alter carbon like is freaky that good. Friday. It's your mom or whatever it is. Like you're you're swapping with it's someone. It's way more you know. freaky than that. That's what I mean. Like, like this is oh boy. So to give you an example, like um, a little girl was killed in a a a drunk driving incident, and the little girl wakes up in an old woman's body. Oh God! How does that because... even? Think? I don't t- don't tell me because that's probably the point of the story is to figure out how that even works. But, yes that's but man you just that's a good hook because i'm immediately like how does that even work 
Yeah, so that's really, really interesting. So if you guys haven't seen, it's on Netflix. If you haven't seen Altered Carbon, I highly recommend it. Yeah, that's Isaac Asimov's books, Foundation, his series. Um, they just did a show on it too, and that also delves in both the books and the show, but I, I would almost consider them separate. They're both very good, but it's more of an inspired by kind of thing than a direct adaptation. Uh, but they both heavily deal with kind of robots and consciousness and uh, there's rules of robotics, like robots cannot harm other humans or whatever. But what, ha- right. what happens when the robots get mixed signals? Like which rules do you obey over others? How do you, how do you define to a robot what harm is? Like there's so many little and things. you know what? There's a really good anime about that. Wow. I need your anime, Rex. I need to watch an anime. I do need <laughs> it's to called watch Vivi. One. Well, that sounds that sounds good. That sounds very similar it, to And to... it deals exactly with those concepts and issues. And it has a little bit of time stuff going on with it. So if you want the right type of anime, I can send you stuff you'd be. I, I feel like I just in. need Rex. I feel like I just need Rex, someone to point me in the right direction where to go. And then someone who will also deal with like random Discord messages as I'm watching it to complain about things. That always happens. Okay. I remember I remember introducing someone to the show Outlander and yeah. they, they just started as they were watching it. Um, they would text me like their updates and how they were reacting to things. And I really enjoyed it because I knew what was going to happen. So I would think like, like I know, oh, they're watching season two this week, right? I know what's going to happen. And then as things would happen, they text me and be like, oh, you got to that part? So now- Oh, I have a good show for you. The problem with that is now I do that to other people. Like anytime someone <laughs> recommends me a show or a book or anything, I think what they want is what they want is they, they'll send me the show or the book and be like, you'll like this. And then they don't want to hear yeah. from me about it until I'm done. And then I'll come back to them later and be like, I liked that. And they'll go, perfect. And that's how that interaction normally goes. But now I've just become an absolute jerk. And I just spam people with like, oh, my God. just Fantastic. Got ch- just got the chapter two. I just, <laughs> ah! <laughs> so I've been cor- Bradley mode. I've been I've been corrupted. My friend did that to me and I loved it. And now I can't. Okay, do you like do you like kind of spooky suspense? scary stuff at all i would trust your judgment like if you think i would like it then it's I'll really take... really good it's really good it's called like when i did a lot of tabletop uh role playing i'd play this game called call of cthulhu and if there's any cthulhu fans out there hey um <laughs> there's probably my a discord you can join yeah and then my brother-in-law he's like the master of cthulhu like he knows all the 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 lore and read all the books because you know it's um i'm trying to think of who wrote the books about cthulhu i should know this off the top of my head somebody's probably screaming at me right now isn't cthulhu i'm aware of cthulhu is like some kind of ocean vague is that correct who am i thinking of like some kind of you are not thinking no no who's the ocean no he's like no, there's some kind of ocean monster I'm thinking of. Sorry. The Kraken? <laughs> no, 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 the Kraken. Okay, I'm, I'm Cthulhu Mythos. What am okay, I Okay, HP Lovecraft. Forgive me, everyone, that I did not remember that. Oh off my the top god, of my I'm head. so wrong. <laughs> I just Googled it. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 wait a second. This photo of Cthulhu is surrounded by waves and stuff. Okay, yeah, I'm, but he's I'm incorrect, but like from like the six images I've seen, I, this this feels like I was, I, was... I, I can understand that. That's okay. Uh, okay, I feel better now, but still very bad. Who was I? I think that's anyways, sorry. I okay, so 
So what's hilarious? Uh, so what's really good? This is the show I recently watched on Netflix, and it's called Archive Eighty One. Never heard of it. It's really good. I also we have different. The, we're in different countries, so we might have different Netflix. Like Alter Carbon is definitely on mine. But it's it's an original. It's oh, like okay. if it's a Netflix original, Art, Altered Carbon isn't a Netflix original, and so is Archive Eighty One. Cool. So it'll be on my Netflix. So it should be. Yeah. And I understand that. Like when I lived in England and I moved to the States, it was like completely different what was on there. But uh, Netflix originals will always be across the board. So it's it's a really interesting um, show. It, It starts out where this 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 gentleman, he's he's hired to fix these these videotapes from the 1990s. And so he goes and he starts fixing these videotapes and all these strange things start to happen. And he kind of unravels like the story of the person that the tapes are of. And I don't want to go too far into it, but there's a lot of suspense. There's a lot of weird things happening because he's watching the tapes. Um, they make a lot of references to The Shining. Oh, you know, like a the lot Shining. of nods and references. I like, I like, so if you like, I like The Shining. If you like The Shining, you 100% love this. And it has a very, like, for H.P. Lovecraft fans out there, it has a lot of those vibes. So I highly recommend it. I think you'll really enjoy it. And if you like something scary and suspenseful, watch it. If you don't, stay away. All <laughs> That's right. all I gotta say. Uh, uh, my sister... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. your Rex in a Discord message after, so I don't forget them. Yeah, I could just I could send some recommendations, and I'll send you some links to to some trailers as well, because I think sometimes it's the best way to share something. It's a lot easier to just talk about it, but then you're like, oh hey, check out this trailer. Trailer trailers are helpful. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, because then that gives you an idea if you're if you know you can watch it and see if it hooks you, and if it doesn't, then you can just move on. So absolutely. All right, we've already think, been, we've already been going yeah. for seventy minutes, which is awesome. Oh my gosh, I'm there, sorry. No, 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 no. That's the whole point of this is you just go. But there are you few, can edit it down. There are a few things I want to circle back to really quick okay. that have nothing to do with anime. The first is unexpectedly, I spent quite a bit of time in England, just for work and other things, and I have lots of friends out there, so I frequently go. And I want to know what is the thing you missed most from England? What? Because I have lots that every day I'm like, oh, I loved that thing about england or the uk or whatever what is it you miss most i miss the pub that's and what i was gonna say it's the pub i would say like the pub is a very different thing in england oh, it's uh, beautiful. It's than, beautiful thing like a bar in the states because the pub like there's no music on there's no tvs on if it's a proper pub you walk in and it's about having a pint and sitting down with your friends and having a conversation yeah it's incredible the, the whole atmosphere of pubs in the uk that was my answer as well i i just miss it so much Oh, man. I like the, and it's such a good story because my husband, you know, he was in England and it was his first time leaving the States and it was the middle of winter. And he's like, where are all the people? And I'm like, they're in the pub. And he's like, oh, the pub. And then we went in and it was just like, there was like a roaring coal fire. There's fires in the pubs. It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's packed full of people and you don't even need to have the heater on because there's so many people packed together chatting and having a good time. Or if it's Sunday, they're having Sunday lunch, you know, Sunday dinner. There's something about the whole atmosphere. The Yorkshire pudding. And the the architecture as well. Like most of the pubs, they're small. There's a low roof on it. If you order like an ale, they're pumping it out of a barrel. Like it's not as mechanized and modernized. Yeah, it's a a hand pump. Yeah, yeah, like it's not as, it's not, the whole feeling of it is just much more like communal. Like you're there to interact and socialize and 
be part of a community and it's it's not yes. corp- it's not corporatized either like it's usually like yeah a- and 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 it's not like in america where at it in bars where you have these tall tables like the tables are actually like like you would have in your own kitchen and they're mixed and matched too like the tables are never yeah. the same as all the other tables and the chairs are just like whatever they could find i guess yeah there's something yeah, like and benches and stuff like that yeah, yeah. not so for the it's speci- like not for the specific pub but i also miss spoons a lot like just the reliability I weather spoons because no matter where you went That's there was exactly- always a weather spoons and they would flip an old place yeah into a pub yeah, spoons. and they had the best price for ale that was <laughs> That's right. They usually had ale festivals year round. Yeah, no, Spoons is a huge miss for me. It just, it changed the way. Every time I visit there, there's just always a Spoons within five miles of you or whatever it is. And they're cheap. Cheap, not so great food, but food. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the point, though. It's almost part of the charm. It's like cheap pub grub, right? Yeah. You're going to, like, I don't know. You're showing up with your mates, having a couple pints. It's a a pregame for sure. The amount of times you'd go out for the evening with your friends and you'd pregame at a Spoons. Is. Yeah, that was just that was what you do. And the other thing that's different from the states and pubs is, unlike bars, is that pubs you brought your children, yeah, and your dogs. Yeah, lots of it pets was, in the pubs. That's true. Yeah, it was a, it was a family atmosphere. It was not a bar. Yeah. And so I lucked out where we moved because I now live in um, South Carolina. That I found a place just like that. Oh, that's cool. I feel and like South Carolina 20, would have a place like that. They have 21 beers on. They have a lovely outdoor area with like oak trees and you can sit outside and very much like that. So it's it's really nice. But that was the, that was the biggest thing for me. And I would say the second biggest thing is I loved because um, I, I my first degree, I have a master's of arts in history and renaissance and early modern studies that I got at the University of York in England. So that was my first master's degree. Perfect. And I love the history there. Like you walk around and it was like, oh, this building's from the 1200s. You know, like you wouldn't see that in the States because the States didn't exist at that point. So the history, you just, you walk down a street and you could just imagine, well, what was this like 500 years ago? And a lot of the buildings haven't changed because they put laws in place to protect historical buildings. So it's like having that history and being able to walk to places like I lived in Harrogate and there was this beautiful place called Fountains Abbey. So if anyone's seen like The Witcher season two of Netflix, a lot of where they film those outdoor scenes are actually Fountains Abbey in North Yorkshire by Harrogate. And I remember walking around Fountains Abbey's and all these beautiful ruins and being able to learn about the history and go to all these different castles and learning the history and going on all these beautiful walks and that's another huge thing I miss from living over in England and, and public transportation, like in the States, everything's so spread out in England. I could walk into town and like the bus stations next to the train station, which is right across from the taxis. Yeah. Yeah. You, so you, you definitely, there's a few moments. I didn't big, own a car. Yeah. There's a few moments, of big culture shock that I had there. And one of them was in Ireland, actually not exactly England, but similar enough in, in terms of time frame, where I just walked by a pub and it was originally from 1160 or something. You're like, what the hell is going on? Like, yeah. it's like in my head, I can't even imagine that, you know, 900 years ago or whatever it is, someone walked here for a pint. Like what I'm doing right now, yeah. I'm going to go in this door and I'm going to have a beer and a human being 900 years ago at this exact same spot, did the exact same thing that I'm about to do. I know. There's, and that's there's something crazy amazing. about that, that 
I never got over. I had this super embarrassing moment in Edinburgh up in Scotland. And this is the most embarrassed I've ever been in front of another person. And it's not what? It's not that embarrassing. Like it's not as embarrassing as a lot of people's most embarrassing <laughs> stories. But I did my degree in tourism management. Um, and so okay. through that I'm just I'm just a well traveled person, which is very fortunate. But it I'm makes just sense. I'm just familiar with traveling because I had to do it a lot for school. And so I'm very rarely thrown off by something, right? Like I usually have to do a lot of research. I have you to You didn't do this, did you? No, 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 no. This isn't that it's not that bad. It's just for me, it was really embarrassing. Okay. So I usually do a lot of research before I go. Different cultures, different things don't throw me off. Timelines, I usually understand how things have gone. So I just went to Edinburgh, and I was vaguely aware that there was an old Edinburgh and a new Edinburgh, and that there was a distinction between them and all of that stuff. And so my favorite form of traveling, especially if I'm going to be in a place for a long time, is just walk. I'm just going to leave the hostel or the hotel, and I'm just I think, gonna, Yeah, I'm that's how I feel. Just going to walk around, see, see the sights. Like, I'm not going to do the touristy stuff right away. I just want to see what's going on. So I booked this hostel, and I walk around Edinburgh for a couple of days and everything's just fucking old. Like it's just an old place that everything, right? Like it's just way older than Vancouver it or is. anything I've seen. So everything's just old. And so I, yeah. <laughs> I decided that I wanted to go to where new Edinburgh was. And I was like, fuck this. I need to go to new Edinburgh. Like I need to find new Edinburgh. Cause all I see is old Edinburgh. And so I go and I bother the concierge and I like, con- like I confidently go up and I go, Hey, I've been here for a few days now and I'm, obviously not from here and so i would like to be pointed in the direction of new edinburgh because this is all pretty old and i want to see what like new edinburgh is like and i assume to be kind of like london like there's a when you cross the thames in london there's a skyscraper district and that's like the new part of london right i was in new edinburgh the entire time i never even touched (laughs) old edinburgh i had never left new edinburgh the woman looked at me like i was fucking crazy and she's like wait a second like wait a minute this is New Edinburgh, and it was then I realized that it's all perception, because to me, this is all ancient. This is all 200 years older than right. Vancouver. I, I had a feeling that that story was going in that direction, oh, so I was, was like, so, I think I vaguely like, remember something about that. It's not that. the most embarrassing thing you can do, but like just confidently walking up to someone and just making a total ass of yourself, it was so, I, I felt so embarrassed. Anyways, I learned that New Edinburgh was minted New Edinburgh or whatever in like 1700. So it's no wonder I thought it was old. Um, but it was very, oh very, gosh. it was very, it was very culture shocky to me. I was like, oh, I'm in a different place that's on a different timeline than where I'm from. Well, my, my biggest mistake is when I walked up and that was back when I would like, you know, have a Jack and Coke. And I would say, oh, can I have two? Oh, no, can I have... yeah, no, that's very bad. <laughs> can no, I, no. can I have two, uh... Yeah, no, I was, I was fortunate. The British friend sitting next to me says, don't, don't do that. And I'm like, what do you mean? Don't do that. He said, never raise your two fingers up like this, because that's basically telling them off. That's like flipping off. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And my friend told me the history behind that. And I was like, well, why is, where did, why don't they use the the middle finger? They're like, cause back in the days when England England would fight France in medieval times, they would use the longbow. And when French uh, military would catch, or French soldiers would catch um, English soldiers, they would cut their two fingers off so, so that they, they could never use the longbow again. Yeah. Long again. So that was, a, that was a way of the English going, up ah, yours, yeah. I still have my two, two fingers. fingers. Yeah. Yeah, I and was... I was like, oh, I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah, I was fortunate enough to, I, I work with a lot of people from the UK, so I got a full cultural download 
before I went like, here are the things to do and not do. Here are the things to say and not say. Here are the places we're going to go and those types of things. No one told me yeah. about the, the timeline of New Edinburgh, though. I was not warned by my Scottish friends <laughs> that I would find New Edinburgh rather old, which was unfortunate. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, you wanted to talk about board games while we're here. Now, I, in the Discord, mentioned mm-hmm. that I know nothing about board games. I like board games, but I know nothing about them. I you, You've been obsessed with chess lately. Chess is, yeah. So chess, I was just... Chess, I'm I love chess. I've always liked chess. I just this year I am getting better at it. This is the year I dedicate myself to actually like paying attention and learning instead of just playing. Have you heard my philosophy on chess? No. What is your I've, I've I've I love chess. I used to play chess a ton and I, I remember beating my dad when I was like five years old and he didn't let me win. That's a proud moment. I know it was. It wasn't a problem. It was like a proud moment, but it's still like you're, you're still bringing it. Us. You're still bringing it up. That's how proud. Like that's a that's a moment. If you're still talking, about I know, it, I feel pretty good because I, I I visited my dad for his uh, latest seventieth type birthday this in October and we played chess and um it was like I out of three games I won two out of three. That's good. That's fun. Does it does it ever I, does it does it ever get old beating up on your parents in in games? I don't think it would. No. No. Okay. Cool. It felt great. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyways, when I, step out, I was like stepping away from the thing. I'm like, okay, dad, I'm just going to leave your queen here as a reminder that I go <laughs> next. I'm going to take all the pieces and I'm going to leave your queen here as a reminder that I stole her and that you suck. Yes. <laughs> but like the, my philosophy with chess, the only way to win is to not make a mistake. That is definitely true. Chess is much easier when you're not blundering your pieces randomly. Yes. Because if you don't, if you don't make a mistake, you won't lose. Yeah, that's exactly. It's a different. It's yeah. a different philosophy of looking at chess. So, if like the next time you go into your chess game, think about, think about that. Think about. So your advice would be instead lose. of trying to find the best possible move, try and avoid the worst one. Yes. Right. That's a start. That's a, that's a sound strategy. So you don't make that that mistake of. Yeah, you know, I'm, make I'm a mistake, actually basically. like 600 Elo. I'm very bad. It's not like I'm moderately good at it and I pretend to be bad for the content. I'm actually bad at chess. <laughs> so that's probably very And helpful. some of it is psychological warfare. I remember playing chess with somebody in um in college and they would get really frustrated with me and they'd be like, you know, blah blah blah, I'm going to I I and then they they would do a move and I'll be like Do you really want to do that? See that that would fuck with me. I would hate that cuz then I'm like, are they Am I doing the right thing and they just don't want me to do it? Or do they actually know more? Yeah, that would mess with me. That is that is an act of war. That is that that's not vibing with my brain. Yeah, so so the thing is with um what I want to talk about with board games is I've noticed like I'm a huge board game fan. I own like fi- over fifty different games. Your picture uh, was I... impressive. The picture you sent me of your board games, that was an impressive collection. Oh, thank you. And um, I used to run a board game um, game club at my previous library that I worked at because I really think it's a it's a very popular thing. It's a great activity to bring to schools uh, for after school activities. It's a great way uh, for learning too, like especially people who are struggling to read. Um, board games and card games can be a great way and a great asset to do that. But I feel like uh, what I want to talk about is like with COVID, it's been very difficult to play board games and get together with friends. And so a game I've been totally hooked on later that I wanted to recommend uh, is Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven is based off of a tabletop RPG. And it's like if, and I was talking to a game mechanic about it. 
it's like as if strategy and rpg had a beautiful baby and uh tgm responded a very beautiful beautiful baby because <laughs> it's just it's really good so like i just wanted to put a shout out to like um the different uh digital board game companies out there that are really bringing like the tabletop game to life uh one of my a small company that um a lot of people might not know about is called nomad games and they've always been really nice and giving me shout outs and retweets, but they made the board game, digital board game Talisman. And um, I know there's probably some Talisman fans out there. They probably have it on their tablet. They might have it on their, but they've also made other digital board games that are worth checking out. So I definitely like check them out and I look at Gloomhaven. And um, if you like strategy games, one of my favorite uh, strategy games is it's called Terraforming Mars. And I've heard of that that's one. and it's a digital board game now. But like right now with COVID ha uh, happening, I'm hoping that it's going to be like the golden years of digital board games. I'd like to see more games um, put out there. There's like there is um, table. There's like tabletop topia. There's there's lots of places out there that are trying to do digital board games online that people can come together for that. And I'm like, Tabletop Simulator is another one. And there's lots of, and I'm just saying this out, that people are still stuck at home and looking to try to find new ways to hang out with friends. Um, that's why I'm mentioning some of the digital board games. And then there's also, if you're interested in D&D, there's uh, Roll20 is a great resource. That's what I use uh, when I stream my D&D &D games. So that's there's stuff like that. There's a lot of interesting things out there. But I've been obsessed with Gloomhaven because it's so... It's really good strategy, but it's so much fun because you're growing your character, you're playing with your friends, and you're doing a lot of that kind of stuff. So I've been completely obsessed with that. And I just, I just, you know, I think digital board games are great. And I'd, I'd love to see more streamers stream them because it's, it doesn't seem like anytime I'll be streaming like Talisman, I'll be like the only person. <laughs> I find that interesting. I have two kind of follow-up questions to you about digital board games. So I'm someone, yeah. I'm someone who's not familiar with it, but love playing board games. I'm not someone who would buy a board game, right? Like I would go, like if I was... Right. Like actually, Zo Raising Zozo from the Civ show, he's a big board game guy. And when I, yeah. when I was just in Toronto visiting them, he didn't bring a board game, but we had talked about it, but he brought like custom magic decks and stuff for us to do. And that's perfect. Like that's something I would never do, but that's something that I'm, I would be interested in participating in if other people were doing it with digital board games, do you find it easier or harder to recruit people? Cause on one hand, people can be online. Everyone's at home. Everyone's online. It's very accessible to hang out with your friends kind of, because you don't have to physically go anywhere to do it. Right. But on the same token, I'm assuming instead of having one person own the game and then everyone's playing it, every, like if I wanted to play Gloomhaven, I'm assuming That's true. each person would need to purchase Gloomhaven, which might be a barrier to entry. So I was actually just wondering how you felt about digital board games in terms of accessibility online. Cause in my head, they kind of have very distinct pros and very distinct cons, which might be part of the reason people aren't streaming them. Well, to the thing, I think it's a, a, a number of things like what you mentioned, but usually if you go to a steam cell, you'll find a digital board game for like five bucks. Right. So like bucks. typical steam sale stuff, like a really yeah, a, steam a, cell. A, an affordable, good game. Yeah, like, but Gloomhaven is probably the most expensive digital board game. But I, somebody gifted it to me. Because, oh, like, you got to understand, like, people who love board games, they'll be like, I love this board game, but 
I really I'm looking at Glimhaven right now. The reviews on it are positive. People like this. Yeah, and it is so much fun. And if if you want to play, I'm always open to more more campaigns. Yeah, I was wondering about the streaming part of it too. Do you reckon the reason, and this is certainly the case for me, is I almost exclusively stream games that I can play with people, but also by myself. Because it helps keep the cadence going, right? Like if I right, if I, I want to play that. Civ, I can play mostly play by myself actually, but I can play with people. Same with Rocket League, same with Football Manager, any of these other games. But with a digital board game, you kind of need to be playing with other people. And if you plan a Not stream, necessarily. Oh, okay, interesting. See, this is just my impression of it. I could be co- totally wrong. Yeah, digital board games um, are set up differently so that AI is incorporated just like it is with Civ Six. Interesting. See, that's where I would have been completely wrong i would have just assumed you would have needed the crew to play instead of having an ai i don't know why I would no you don't that. like you can play gloomhaven completely on your own interesting wow however i, I you... don't know why i feel so dumb but like i just assumed there was no ai <laughs> like i i don't know why i just assume with digital board games you'd need the same crew of people every digital board game i play um talisman terraforming mars terraforming mars has excellent ai because it just kicks your butt uh, Gloomhaven has excellent um, AI because like with Gloomhaven, it's a bit different where even in the board game part of it, it's like the game is kind of its own GM. So it's kind of, I guess it has stuff in place that it moves the pieces and you don't have to play the bad guys or whatever. Um, but I think board, I think digital board games are the wave of the future because it makes it so much easier to set up a game. The biggest hassle with big board games like Talisman, Terraforming Mars, there's tons out there. A Gloomhaven, for instance, is the time it takes to set up a game. It could take 45 minutes to an hour to set up a game. And then that can take even longer to read through the rules, you know, set up all the pieces, get everything out. Instead, you don't have to do that. It's all done for you. And you don't have to worry so much heavily about the mechanics of the games because it puts you through the process that you would normally have to go through individually on your own to make the flow of the game happen. So they're much more accessible from a new player point of view. Yeah. And it's also more accessible from like how, how you learn as um, an individual, like I'm a kinetic visual learner. So when I'm having, like, if I have a, if if I had friends over, uh, for a game night, I'm I'm not the rules person. I'm not the person sitting and reading the rules book because I'm not going to understand any of it. Or someone right. just talking at me explaining. I'm like, I, I can't learn that way. I need to learn through playing. And that's another good thing about most digital board games. Almost every single one I have, they have a tutorial. So they teach you how to play and they show you the stages in which on how to play. So you're not just walking in there, cold fish. And you don't have to read a, spend an hour reading a, a role book. And then spending another hour setting up the game and then agreeing that you're going to play. You know what I'm saying? There's so Absolutely. Many... I totally get it. Absolutely. Anyone playing, like any board game people out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Like if you have a board game night, if you don't have that game set up before people come over, you know you're spending two to three hours before you even sit down yeah. to play it. And then you know it's almost 10 o'clock at night after you've only had an hour of playing the game and you didn't finish it. That's very interesting. You know? Yeah, I will fully admit to never thinking about digital board games. I but I think on the viewer point, it could be boring if you don't know the game. And I think that's true you know, with all games, though. Like from a streaming point of view, it, I think it's up to the stream. Like any streamer can make any game fun, and any streamer can make any game boring. 
right? Like if I go, I make, if I, I make to, it fun because when I start losing, yeah. If I go to Fortnite as an example, people like to meme Fortnite. If I go and find just in the Fortnite directory, not a board game, but okay. just as an example, I can find some creators that make me like Fortnite. Just the way they play it, the way they wow. commentate, the thing, right? Oh, okay. Like, like I can, That's true. I can put their stream on and enjoy watching people play Fortnite. Most of the time, though, people don't stream it well, or at least well enough that I would enjoy it. And I, yeah. then I don't like it. Which That's a good point. Which I think is possibly the same for digital board games, right? The best streamers are always the one who can make what they're doing entertaining. And that's the same yeah. regardless of whether it's a game people know. And of course, the like the first if you like if I were to stream a digital board game for the first time, of course nobody who watches my stream would know at all what I'm doing. But over time, if I kept streaming it, people who already knew of the game would then trickle in. Right. And so you would yeah. the problem kind of solves itself, I think. I, I think people can make the games they're playing fun even if the viewers don't really know what's happening. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's like the same thing with Civ. Like Civ is basically when you think about it on the base of things, even if you look in the strategy point of view, like how you can click on the different lenses, yeah. it's just a board game. That is, it is actually kind of just a board game. Absolutely. That's true. I've never thought of Forex games that way, but yeah, they are kind of just like board games. They're, they're digital. They're, they're, it's kind of like they've taken all the difficulty out of having to factor in all the AI and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's the reason why if a digital board game is done correctly, it will do the same thing. Oh, can you imagine playing Civ as a board game and like your crossbows trying to shoot the walls and you have to calculate like, is it shooting yes. from a hill or is it next to a great general? Like, what is the fortification level? Oh, boy. you know what that would be? That's like, like there's different genres of board games that would be considered a war game. Yeah, definitely. And those are her like, I'm not going to knock people who like to play war games, but like, I remember my, my family, they would do a war game day and they would play this one game for eight hours. Can I take a guess at did... what it's called? I don't actually know any war board games other than recently there's been some people in my life that have told me they really like and other people who told me they really don't what like is it? Axis and Allies. No, it's way beyond that. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about it. I just, yeah. Okay, so imagine this. Eight hours and guess how many turns they took? Five. One. I was ambitious. I felt okay. My guess <laughs> maybe pretty, two. My guess was pretty good though. Five felt like a number that was reasonable. So that's basically if uh, the sieve is so complicated, it's not. I don't think it, I think you'd get more turns than that in. But some of these games they play, um, it's like historical. Uh, I'm trying to think. If you go like my my biggest thing, if you're interested in any kind of board games, go to Board Game Geek. Part of when I did, um, you know, one of my classes was to talk was uh, we had to do one of our core classes for my MLIS. And that was like understanding like communities, uh, digital communities and how you how you create a, a digital community or something like that. I can't even think of it. It's been so long. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's like that kind of thing where you have to think about an area or a place of people they gather somewhere to learn more to grow more as a community and board game geek is really good and it, it breaks down any game you've ever thought about any game you've ever played that's a digital board or not a digital board game but a, a regular board game or a card game they rate it and it's it's the best place to find anything you're interested in but these war games are crazy um this website is sick i'm see. on it right now this is a cool website 
And it's a great way to 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 yeah. So war games. Yeah, there's a little rating, kind of like it's like an IGN rating when they review TV shows or whatever. I just I just mm-hmm. I just picked Risk randomly. I'm like that's a board game. Like five point six. Cool. Yeah. So it's like it says. How does it define it as war games are games that depict military actions. War games are set in a variety of timelines from the ancient period to present conflicts and even in the future. And they take forever. Evidently. Yes. I can imagine. Also, like if you did like Civ as a board game, I don't know how you'd account for Fog of War and those types of things. Be- so this is that's that's the kind of stuff like that's you know, like these. I, I can't even think I'll have to like. Maybe it was Access and Allies. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Civ the Civ show lads were all together with peppermint butler over christmas and yeah um they were all playing axis and allies and the two people that won the game seemed to have a really good time and the two people that lost the game seemed to have a very terrible time oh they get furious right and so like I, I i got told two separately about how good axis and allies is and then separately how how little fun it is and so i was just <laughs> vaguely aware of it because i kind of got caught in the middle of this axis and allies thing yeah, but Board Game Geek is is a a wonderful place and a wonderful like you know um, online community that you can learn about lots of different games and people and and it's the thing where like you have a very confusing game because one of my favorite games is um, Arkham Horror and it's a very and it's it's the older version so it's very complicated to set up and play and it's basically like you're a detective in the 1920s and you're trying to you're trying to make sure that like cthulhu doesn't come through the veil these evil monsters and creatures and stuff like that so you got to go to all these different locations and collect clues and you got to try to close portals to these other worlds and it's it's a very like complicated board game but it's like one of my favorites but it's so complicated that you go i went to board game geek to download like a quick guide oh no (laughs) so that we have something we can flip through in four pages instead of having to read through 50 pages to try to remember how to play the game so like board game geek has those wonderful things sometimes they have little cards to help they have home rules they have everything you can think of to make your gaming experience better they really do i'm on this website right now looking at all these different games as you're talking about them they break everything down it would be impossible not to get what you need like the first edition rules there's home rules here there's anniversary style rules i'm just picking a random game yeah quick quick rules double blind price lists like so you know you're buying it for a good i don't know this is cool yeah and then they do videos there's lots of videos on like how to play tutorials and that usually helps me like my friends and i are like we're busting out a big game and we put it on the table we're like okay we need to watch a video yeah absolutely no this is a cool website they do there's a few others like they, they connect to like an rpg geek as well yeah so it's fun. it's a huge community that's been um online for a really really long time and uh yeah it's it's awesome and they get together and they do conventions and you know anything you can possibly think board games wise i highly recommend it to people out there before we move on to the next thing what if you could only recommend one board game to the people listening right now like well that's really tough it depends what category i'm just gonna let you like it just that is so unfair for a general (laughs) audience for a general audience there's people listening to this podcast or watching this on youtube and they're like, wow, I love that conversation. I'm on Board Game Geek. I'm vibing. I want to play an online board game. What, like, whatever it is. Like, which a digital one? board game? Sure, it can be, it can be maybe digital is better because COVID. 
right? Like someone's listening. Yeah. To, someone like me is listening to this. I don't play board games, but I'm interested now. I go on Steam. I'm looking at all the online board games. Which one would you recommend to people? And I realize it's an unfair question, but. That's really tough because I when I did like this one class, I wrote like papers and thousands of words and breaking things down and I realize I'm being I a mean, terrible person. <laughs> you got it like you gotta think about the genre, like what are people interested in? Okay, so we most likely it's gonna be people that are interested in strategy, I'm assuming. Let's go with strategy because most of the people listening to this early on will be Civ people. What's gonna happen with this first episode of this podcast is all the people from the Civ community will listen to it because that's where right. they know me from. But then once it's on a podcast feed and I do someone from let's say I interview someone from a chess community. They'll listen to that interview and they go, hey, I'm going to go into the back catalog and listen to. So let's do strategy because most of the. Okay, initial... If you guys ever need any kind of board game recommendation, just hit me up. I'm happy to. On the overlay, you can't see this, but on the overlay, your Twitter is right there under your name. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so I'm like, I'm, I'm huge into board games. Um, yeah, stra- let's go with strategy. Like, okay, here's a. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tighten the confines a little bit. I'll add some filters. People like me who play Civ. People like me who play okay. and watch Civilization are going on Steam to find an online board game based on this discussion. Which game would you recommend? A digital board game yeah. that's strategy that likes Civ? Doesn't have to be like Civ, well, the- but like people who like Civ would like to play. Man, me, I feel like, like I'm throwing it I'm, I'm literally like pretty much just down to asking for my own recommendation. You have to recommend me a single board game. Okay, I would say if you also like fantasy, because yep, that's what like we've been fantasy. talking about. Yep. I hundred percent, and you like D and D, because a lot of people in the Civ community like D and D. I hundred percent recommend Gloomhaven. So it's gonna go back to Gloomhaven, okay? It is. I, watched, <laughs> I, I was lurking in your stream today. I enjoyed it. Oh, I, it is so much fun. It's actually a great example. I didn't really know what was happening, but I still enjoyed the stream. Right? Like, good, oh, that's good. Like that's good, sweet. good presenters you. will present the game in a fun way, and you you just pick up as you go along, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. No, I was there. Yeah, for... and I always, I always try to leave it open and say, hey, if you have any questions, um, if you want to talk, like I'm not. The thing is, is like the game mechanic would would stream it really, really, really well because he would really talk everybody through and explain what he's doing. Yeah, he he will stop. Like what what I find most yeah. incredible about his the way the way he does his content is 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 in a great way, kind of bonkers to me. Because on one hand, he doesn't edit his Twitch stream for YouTube, which works really well because it gives people the full gameplay. And so they get maximum yeah. knowledge, right? They're not editing yeah. out the, the important bits. However, that also means that to watch a full game of him playing Civ, it takes like 15 episodes because randomly it'll be in episode four and someone will come into the chat and be like, hey, I'm brand new to Civ. You know, what are some strats that I can use early on? And he will pause his game for an hour to accommodate that person, so which is sweet. incredible it's an incredible thing yeah. for him to do but he That's won't why... he won't cut that out of the youtube video either and so it's just it's a ex, it's that extra level of like he really does take the time to accommodate people that's it's... why everybody calls him the godfather of civ yeah absolutely like it's incredible the amount of time he takes in the middle of what he's doing like he's like hey we're streaming a vietnam game today it's going to be awesome you sometimes you get three hours into the stream he's on turn 20 because he's there explaining like the exact details of like the unit he's using or whatever it's incredible it's fantastic yeah i'm so add that i'm like i'm like this all over the place and i kind of look at this and look at that and i'm and i'm doing this and i'm hoping i'm not leaving anyone behind but i'll stop everything i'm doing if somebody has a question yeah. 
and I'll just be like, okay. And then it's like, I feel I'm just having a conversation, you know, and I'm just keeping that conversation going to me. That's what's really important is, is, um, I like to have an interactive stream. And I think one of the best compliments I ever got was, wow, you're one of the first Civ six streamers that actually didn't ignore me and paid attention to me and talked to me. Yeah, it's thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's very hard. It's very, very hard. I I, I try to get focused. Yeah, I try and I feel like I've been very helpful and very guilty of both of like of that exact thing on multiple <laughs> occasions. Like sometimes sometimes someone new will it's come hard. in and it's a good time in my stream to like take the time and explain something. And other times someone will come in. I'm in like the middle of this war, chat's vibing, we're having a good time, you know what I mean? Like I'm having yeah. a beer, like and we're, I just got to keep the flow going. So someone will come in and be like, hey, I'm new to Civ. Like, what Civ should I play? I'll just be like, play Rome. And then just leave that and not realize that it's <laughs> not realize Like, what I'm saying is correct. Like, go play Rome. You'll have a right. great time. That's the correct answer. But that's so unhelpful. That's an incredibly unhelpful way to interact with someone. Because then they're like, well, thanks, asshole. Like, I could have figured, <laughs> like, can you give me a little more direction there? Um yeah, it's very hard. It is very hard to kind of train yourself on stream to to be a teacher and a presenter and a player all at the same time. Yeah, because like the, the first thing I always say, they're like, oh, I'm new to Civ. And, and I'm like, OK, well, I'm glad you're new to Civ. If you have any questions, let me know. But just so you know, you watch me to learn what not to do. Now, if you really want <laughs> someone to teach you how That's to play, that works, too. Go watch the game mechanic. Absolutely. But you're welcome here to hang out. If you have any questions and you just want to vibe and chill, this is this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to entertain you, make you laugh. Yeah. The, you know, the strategy, have a good time, make friends. The strategy I've found that I use now to do that is in my Discord, I set up a Civ Quick Questions server. And so it's a server. Ooh, like, nice. So there's, there's multiple, like most Civ streamers have like a Civ chat. I made a specific one for just quick questions. Like you're new to Civ, you need a quick question, right? I'm either streaming or not available or whatever. Or I'm just being a jerk and not helping you for whatever reason, right? But you can just throw it in the Discord and in there, there's people that'll give you an answer. Like, hey, new to Civ, why can't I place this campus here? Someone's like, oh, you haven't unlocked the right tech. I'm like, oh, perfect, thank you. And it kind of helps with that, especially midstream where I can be like, hey, can't help you right now. Someone in chat might be able to, but if not, head to Discord. There's a server in there. You can ask your question and someone will get yeah. you the, the thing you need. Yeah, definitely. But you just, you know, let me know if you decide to get Gloomhaven. I'm always op I'm open to more now. campaigns. By the time it's I record, so it, or by the time I record a podcast with another person, I'm just gonna be like, "Yo, do you watch anime? Are you into board <laughs> games? Because I love anime and Gloomhaven." <laughs> You're gonna be, be addicted. It'll be the never-ending cycle. Like everyone who comes to this podcast will now have to play Gloomhaven and watch <laughs> anime. It'll be the christening of your yeah, bot. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about as well was the Civ give, actually. Because you and I, oh, okay. Ra Rachel put it this way in my Discord when I asked for questions. She's like, as like, she, she was one of the mods popping around to a bunch of streams. She couldn't tune into both of ours, whatever. She's like, you guys had a fun little thing going on during the Civ give. Do you want to talk about that? And I absolutely, I think that'd be oh, hilarious. I totally thought you were going to backstab me. Why do you think I had my men on no, your board the entire we're, time? We'll talk about the whole thing. Because I have I went through a wild ride of having you as my neighbor during the Civ Give. And I want to talk about that. But first, <laughs> okay. I want to talk about the experience of the Civ Give. Um, I was going to ask okay. you about it anyway. But you mentioned it earlier that there was some anxiety there about doing a bigger yeah. event. And the TGM was really helpful with that or whatever. 
So I'd be keen just for the audience to know the Civ Give is a charity event that a bunch of Civilization players did. Um, we've done it for two years now. I was fortunate enough to play last year. It was a bit of a smaller event last year, and so I was very comfortable going into it this year. I knew what to expect. I knew what was going on. I just kind of had to show up, right? It wasn't a big deal. Um, but Sassy was new this year, so I think going through that experience is, is fun um, for us Civ fans to talk about. But also, if you're if you're going into content creation or whatever, you're trying to figure out how to network, it's not always so easy, and sometimes it's really difficult and, and hard to navigate. So... Um, maybe just chatting about that Civ Give experience from being invited to going through it to the drafts to the things you had to show up for to the marketing you had to do on Twitter or whatever it was. It was be, a lot of marketing. Awesome. It's a lot of marketing. Moy is, Moy is it's very strict. a lot strict. of work. Moy is very strict. He has us working really hard. For It's a for a good cause, right? But it's Moy yeah. is not. He doesn't rest. He He's a, he's a go-getter. Yeah. And yeah. that was good. So where do you want me to start? Just from the beginning, like how did you kind of find out you were going to do the Civ Give? Where did that come from? I, well, I, I, I don't I actually know the answer, so I'm curious too. It, it started to pop up, and then I and it kind of piqued my interest because I really like foibles, and I love the game mechanic, and they hadn't announced the game mechanic yet. Um, but foibles is a really good guy. And he I'm, was the I, first quick quick side. I don't know my the first streamer I ever paid five dollars to sub to on Twitch. Love foibles. Foibles Isn't is actually the next guest on this. He's coming on Saturday night to talk about Star Wars games with me. Anyway, sorry. Oh, awesome. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, don't get me started on Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so Foibles that. is there. You're feeling good. Yeah, so yeah. Foibles was there. And I'm sorry, my camera went sorry. out of it's thing. Focus. No, it's it's okay, Asta. Calm down. He's like, I want attention again, Mommy. It's all right. Um, That's my Corgi, by the way. Yeah. I have fur babies. So I saw it, and then I saw them saying, hey, um, I saw him post something about content creators. I think it was Moisos. And um, if anybody's interested, or they were saying they were going to have more content to creators. I can't remember if they said if anyone's interested, but I just reached out and I said, I direct messaged on Twitter and I said, hey, um, if you're not full yet, I'd be interested. If you guys smart need thing, some extra help. Smart thing to do. And even if it didn't even mean that I was gonna actually be a part of the whole thing if they just needed some help like promoting it or whatever and they said yeah and the biggest thing for um 2k and the and the person that in moisos told me this was they're like hey 2k is like hey we we really want to support you but we would like to see more representation which was the right you know? call they did the right thing i'm glad they pushed yeah in they, they're like we would really like to see like a female on there and you know right. just to if we're happy to support you but we want to see you know more people included and so he's like oh that's perfect yeah he's like great he's like sure da, da, da. let me just you know and then i saw you know um and then he i guess he reached out to people and said does anyone know sassy and it was kind of funny coming into the discord and seeing that he had typed that message and Right. watching what people wrote absolutely people forget that about discord all the time is that once people join they can back up they don't start from where they went yeah oh I and i that. and i am very good at going i go and i check out what people say and why wouldn't you that's the first thing i me. do that's the first thing i do in someone's new <laughs> discord server is i just scroll up like anything absolutely yeah <laughs> it's so funny how alike we are it's kind of scary yeah so you're in the discord I 
we were drinking the same thing. Yeah, I, I would. I really wish I went for beers tonight. I, I would have made the executive decision. We can always do another podcast and yeah. another conversation next, and come next, back. Next so I'd be happy we'll, to do that. Next time we'll do beers. Anyways, yeah. you're in the Discord. People people have been talking about you. Moy's asking around like, "Hey, who's this sassy person? Like, do, do yeah, you, do we like her?" So what happened mm-hmm. then? I, I don't remember responding to any of those messages. So how did that work for you? Foibles. Foible said something. I think Bose definitely game mechanic. Um, because game mechanic has been like, um, that was one conversation. Like, there's two people I've really looked up to, and the first person I looked up to before I started streaming was Skyrim Grandma. I don't oh, know if anybody knew. I'm vaguely aware. Yeah. So Skyrim Grandma is an 85 year old um streamer. She's been on YouTube. She only streams to YouTube. Uh, she's known for only playing Skyrim to the point That's where cool. they video they she went and and uh, met up um went to the Bethesda studios and they recorded her for Elder Scrolls 6. That is sweet. That is so, so she's cool. been recorded. She will be added into that game once they make it. That's cool. Who knows when I've had friends reach out to me and say, "Could you just talk to her and see if she knows right, anything?" Just, and I'm hey, like, "Can you Hey, 85-year-old Skyrim grandma, can you please break your non-disclosure agreement to let me know yeah. all of the details of And the reason why I've got I've also gotten to know her on a personal level is because um her son used to be in my Conan Exiles RP PVP server. Like and a when cool I ended family. Skyrim I know, grandma. and when I ended when I ended that um because it was a it was a server I paid for and I ran and it was really hard to to run a survival PVP game that I had RP elements where I would create stories and quests for people to go on and to do things and they ha- they couldn't always attack each other and destroy their bases and by the time I closed my server we had almost 20 pages of rules to keep people from like hating each other and right. fight it was ridiculous it was like 24 hours i get like calls on my discord I, i've joined minecraft servers like that back in the day not recently but you'll join a minecraft server and you'll see the rules and you're like what happened here like you cannot use tnt within a 10 mile radius of someone's house it's like okay yeah it got crazy and, and i loved it and i love the community and people it, it could be five years later and like could you please run one and i'm like no i'm done with that game i've got yeah. 1500 hours in that game and i'm done i'm not doing it it's anymore Gloomhaven time now we're... Yeah, it's Gloomhaven time. So I found out her son was actually part of my community. That's and then cool. he randomly says, oh, yeah, Skyrim Grandma's my mother. And I'm like, yeah, right. He's like, no, she is. And it turns out she is. And he's also one of my moderators for my chat. That's fun. So um, because of that, and I started streaming Skyrim as part of one of the games I played, that she came in. And she hung out in my, and it, she still does occasionally come and hang out during my Skyrim screams. That is incredible. How how does that feel? That must feel really good to have someone you look up to pop into your chat and hang out. Like that must feel incredible. Yes. I sent her a really lovely card for Christmas too. But like, yeah, nice. we always send, we always send each other messages and um, I'll tag her on stuff on Twitter. Like we send each other messages on Twitter, you know, uh, direct messages. And we, we, you know, she really likes me and I really like her and I adore her. And she has the same kind of personality as me. She's really sassy. A lot of people don't know this, but she is. 
And she has no problem just deleting a comment or just coming straight at somebody. And I just love it. And she doesn't put up with it. I feel like at 85, so, you're just done giving a shit. But also online. Like, I can't imagine. Imagine, like, someone who's 85 who lived in a world without the internet where you, if you wanted to smack talk someone, you had to do it to their face. It's probably just like, yeah, this anonymous internet yeah, bullshit she, is so dumb. Right. So, like, I told her, like, one time I got this, I, I was just starting to get back into putting up stuff on my YouTube channel. And um, I was very critical of humankind's tutorial before they fixed it. And it was all, it was so much text. And as someone that has a master's degree in library and information science, presenting information is vital for people to learn. And if you're, if it's so text heavy, people in a, in a, in a board game or any kind of game, you're not going to learn anything. And right. the wording was redundant. So I was very critical of it. And I misread a word. And someone left the nastiest comment saying, are you illiterate? Oh, uh, that. And they probably. On, on YouTube, YouTube comments yeah. are next to Reddit so, as like the deepest cesspool of the internet. It's like they were like, they said something along those lines. So I, yeah. I reached out to her and I was just like, what do you do about this? And she said, you know, you just delete it. And you think about it, like, would this be. You know, people think that they can, and it's just a, somebody writing on a computer. And she's like, and then at the end of the day, you got to decide, would this be somebody you want in your life? Would this, would this be a person you'd want to be friends with? Yeah. And if not, you delete it and you move on. And I was just like, that is what you need to do. Yeah. Sometimes I'll do the pin of shame. Like every, most of the time I'll delete it. Sometimes if it's like, if it's just a dumb, back. sometimes if it's just a dumb comment, like something like a lot of times people will criticize me for something I said in the video and they clearly just skipped through the video and didn't watch the whole thing, which is fine. Most people skip through. Right. But it's still be like, you did this tutorial on this whole thing and didn't even mention this. And it's like, like, first of all, it's my video. So I don't have to mention the things you want me to mention. But see second, the fact that you're saying it, it bugged you. But like the second thing is <laughs> the second thing is right. Yeah. Like, I did mention it. You just didn't watch it clearly. And so I'll pin that comment so that everyone who did watch the video can, like, tag the time at which I sent it. And I just, like, keep that until they either delete their own comment or unsubscribe from the channel or whatever it is. So sometimes I'll do the opposite. Sometimes I'll pin of shame them. And, like, if you're just, if you're just, if you're, if you're being, like, mean or anything like that, you're deleted. Like, it's gone. But if you're right. just, if you're just being ignorant and dumb and, like, just here, to be an you asshole. You call it the pin of shame. The pin of shame. You're going on the top comment, so everyone who watches this video sees how terrible you're being, and you will just get YouTube notifications about you, like, because people will respond to it, so the next time that logs in, that person has to go and be like, fuck, I left this comment on this guy's video it's six months ago, and I just, <laughs> so then I put it on them, they can either unpin it or just keep getting the notifications. You know what I used to do to uh, punish uh, trolls when they would come to my Conan Exile server? I do not, but I'm excited to hear. We cre I at the beginning of each wipe, um, we would have like a day where the admins would come on and we'd build stuff. So I built a tower, a literal tower of shame. <laughs> That's perfect. It's it's so it was a massive black tower. The tower and, of shame. And there was no way to get out of it because what I would do is when they started misbehaving, I would teleport to the location and then I would teleport them into the tower of shame. Yeah. And they would have no way of no way of getting out of it. They're stuck there. There are some games yeah. that if you cheat at the game or you're breaking the rules or whatever, they'll cue you with other cheaters. 
And so you have to oh, I heard you, about you that. have to spend time in cheater purgatory. Like you and a bunch of other people who are being jerks have to play like twenty games or whatever yeah. amongst yourselves okay, before you can go back into the queue with the well behaved people, which I always found to be a hilarious way. Yeah. Of of doing hey, it. Anyways, guy. we should get back to the same gift. <laughs> so I know. You're in the Discord. <laughs> this is like our this oh. you're gonna have to break this up into two two. No, things. this is exactly the point though. This is this is exactly what I want, is to just have a chat with people. Oh, okay. At some point we do need to finish the Civ Give story though. So you're yes. in the Discord. Foibles is there, Bose is there, TGM's there, they're sticking up for you. Yeah. Sassy's cool, Sassy's awesome. Where do they go from there? I mean, it was it was a really good experience because Zozo and Moisos made me feel very welcomed and was always sticking up for me. And I was really enjoying like meeting a lot of new because we had like a, an excellent like what I call a cross pollination of communities where. OK, come here. Do you want to be in mommy's lap? Yeah. Come here, Asta. We have corgis. And I'm trying to get him, but he's being a bit fussy. Give me one second. That's OK. He's going to like put this on. Oh, it's my. All right, this is Asta. I'm trying to calm him down. It's okay. Yeah. We love Asta. Yeah. Isn't he adorable? Do you have an emote for him on your chat? Yeah, all, all my emotes are corgis. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. Because I have two corgis, and, yeah. I, and I have a couple of emotes that are, like, supposed to be me when I'm being lost or 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 saying cheers, but they're all him. Yeah. That's smart. And Arya. If you have a cute they're dog, the... it's got to be... Yeah, he's named after one of my favorite anime characters in one of my... <laughs> oh, boy. It's called Black Clover, and his name is Asta. What was your other dog's name? Arya. That's based off of my favorite character in Game of Thrones. I was going to say, is that Arya Stark? Yeah. That's she's my favorite character. Game of Thrones. I can, I can vibe in that. I know what I'm talking about there. Yeah, I tried to read the books, but they were so... He would, like... It almost felt like the Old Testament Bible, where he's like, and there's this name, and that name, and the brother of blah, blah, blah. So the... the Multiple characters the team... have different names, too, which makes it confusing. Because there'll yeah. be one character that has, like, five different names, depending on mm -hmm. who's talking about them. Which makes it very, very hard. Are you okay now? Like mom, why am I on this podcast? <laughs> you decided you yeah, wanted to be I, here. I wanted to be here, but now there's a camera and stuff and a microphone, and I'm not sure I like this anymore. <laughs> it's adorable though. Absolutely adorable. Okay, I'm gonna put you down. Are you done? Alright, Asta, you, you tried. There was an effort. <laughs> I know that's that's not enough room. Okay, you're fine. If he gets too fussy, I might have to like kick him out all right let me fix my headset there Perfect. there we go all right Ugh. So the Civ i'm telling you it's hard it's hard as a woman because you want to like try to get your hair to not look terrible and uh wear head <laughs> headphones yeah do you ever... but i'm not one of those to sit there and like you know prim and proper <laughs> do you ever consider like just like tgm does with the in-ear ones or or is over the top the only way for you no i'm so used to this that if i didn't i would it would it would feel weird Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're at the Civ Give. Moy and Zoe yeah. are being awesome. Super inclusive. Yes. You're feeling great. Yeah. Where do we go from there? We're at the draft, maybe. We're hanging out. Oh, cross. sorry. You said cross-pollination of communities. That's where we were at. Yeah, it was cross-pollination of communities. It was really good, um, but sometimes <laughs> I had some some issues because some people would come in and be like, 
why don't you play it this way? Because so-and-so plays it that way. Why don't why don't you have it on quick? Why aren't you playing deity? Oh, why like, aren't you doing this? Like why your, so for your practice games, like beforehand. Yeah. But oh, it that's... it wasn't even that. It's it was it was the constant why aren't you playing X, Y, and Z way? And I'm like, because this is what I like to do. Yeah, this that's... is how I like to play the game. That's rude. And then and then sometimes it started turning into massive backseating where they're like, well, do this and do this and do that. And I'm just like, I'd have to just you know, and it's a hard it's a hard thing sometimes as a as a streamer that you have to make a choice. There's a difference between being helpful and backseating. And backseating is when you're basically saying, streamer, do this, do X, Y, and Z. Streamer, why aren't you doing X, Y, and Z? Streamer, what's your problem? Blah blah blah. And and, and it's just it just destroys the atmosphere. It's not fun. And it gets to the point where you gotta go. Are you here to watch me play? Right. Or are you here to watch yourself play? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's like I could play deity, but I don't enjoy playing the game that way. And there's and there's no wrong way to play a game as long as you're having fun and enjoying yeah, exactly it. Exactly right. There's no wrong way to do it. I frequently recommend people to like borderline like I guess like cheat at Civ. Like go into Civ and pick all the city states you want and pick all the civs you want to play against and like cook the map to like make it the best possible map because you'll just have more fun and if you're going to be grumpy or whatever that people are doing that i think people forget that you don't have to watch a stream like if you get into a stream and don't like the way you're playing or the way i'm playing or the way someone else is playing whatever game there is an x button like you don't have to be on twitch like go watch a movie (laughs) like you don't have to like, it's not like someone's forcing you, like, sitting you in a chair, like, tying you to it and holding your eyes open and, like, making you watch this. Right? Like, yeah, it's so, so much... That... Yeah, I get you. Just so that off. was the only... Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And it's like, I don't want to put people off, but they will get the sass. Yeah. Because I'll be like... Do you, do you Do you time out people? I like, I've been growing into timing out people. I'll be like, nope. Oh, really? 10-minute timeout. Cause it just sets the record. Like, like sometimes someone will come in and it doesn't happen often. I say I'm getting, I'm getting more used to it as if I do it all the time. It doesn't happen yeah. often, but I've, I've been, I find that like one well weaponized timeout is, is probably pretty unfair to the person being timed out, but is a whole community thing does really well. Like if someone comes in and just like, like, why aren't you doing this? You're being stupid or whatever. It's like 10 minute timeout. And then everyone's like, Oh, figured out what the rules in this place are i mean that's that's an that's a good idea i mean i just i hate to think that people have to be put in timeouts they're it's a very childish, adults it's a very childish thing <laughs> i i never used to do it it's just something i've been doing more recently that i found helpful oh i mean that's something i'll definitely i'll probably talk to my moderators because now versus like when i first started out i did most of my moderation myself, but now I have very active moderators. And since they're, they're still kind of new to moderating, they, they don't want to just outright ban people or time people out or make people feel unwanted or, or what have you. But like, honestly, if somebody really steps over line, I feel like the best way to do is just straight up. I talk into my camera and I go, that's really nice that you think that, but are you here to watch me play? Are you here to watch yourself? Right. Play? I feel like I feel like that vibe's better with your like the when you tag like the sassy gamer lady. That's yes. kind of what I feel like I am so much l- like that's 
my kind of streaming ethos is so opposite to that where i'm normally like so chilled out that it like i feel like if i tried to do that it would just be sillier like people be like yeah the fuck are you like what are you doing (laughs) like that's not right so maybe maybe it's that i feel like to keep my stream persona people don't realize like it's a persona like it's acting it's a pretend thing that's happening now ideally it's a it's an extension of yourself right you shouldn't have to put on a whole character but like the character i put on to stream is very different than if you met me we went for pints in real life right you probably oh that's a little bit different than based on right and so i think i think if i tried to be the person who is like looking sternly into the camera and be like that's not what we do here unless it was super serious i'd have a really hard time keeping credibility i feel like and people just and it's so funny because like some of the times like the people who come in to troll me they love to they they go i don't see any sass oh yeah and i'm just like stick around sweetheart you'll see it real fast it's called my band hammer yeah (laughs) yeah bam i i i I just take all of that and be like here's a 10 minute timeout there are sometimes like i don't know it's hard it's hard maybe that's a whole nother conversation for another day is like how to moderate a twitch stream because it's very very difficult and it's and it's the same like i mean the thing was the thing is is that I had practice before Twitch because I ran a community of 60 plus people on a server that was open, that was on 24 hours a day. Right. And so you have to, you have to have a full policy, probably someone who can do like a night shift too, who's on there all the time. To... Right. So it was, it was, it was all the time on my discord. And then I also had to do the moderation on which like in discord, you have lots of tools on Twitch. You have lots of tools, but when I was running my server, there were no t- tools. You know, there's no filter if people want to type in chat nasty things. Right. You know, so you always had to have someone active. So at least at that point, um, I mean, for people that are listening, that are thinking about getting into streaming and stuff like that, there's a lot of stuff. It's not just like, like what Van Bradley was saying, that these, these, uh, what we call the dabs. The dabs, the dabs. We've come up with a new phrase. Don't be a dab. Yeah. <laughs> don't be a dab. Yeah, no, what, are the, what is that? I don't even remember what this stands for. Anyways. Oh, yeah, d- don't dumb, be a dab. Alpha, dumb alpha bro. Don't be a dab. Yeah, dumb. Don't, don't be a dab yeah. is basically like there's so much that goes into it prior to even starting a stream. You got to think about, you know, I highly recommend having a Discord set up. Uh, we talked about networking. Uh, but it's also important to know what tools and bots and moderation tools, especially because if you have like a toxic waste grant waste land, you're not going to grow a community off of that. No. So you have to start with the basics. You got to really start about like, okay, this isn't just about streaming. And a lot of these people think, well, why can't I just turn on a game and just get people? It's about building a community. Yeah, it's really so, hard. It's very, very difficult. It's not an easy thing. Yeah. And um, I mean, when they say it's, oh, well, it's so much easier for women because it depends on the woman. But also, it's, I like, <laughs> she's stati- got her girls out like, but, and everybody's there to look at dirty pillows. Right. But like statistically, just over the whole platform, it's just not either. Like, yeah, like, it's just also not true. Just statistically, like taking any of that out of it. The, the, sta- data, the statement just is the just false. Like you can just look at the data coming from Twitch. Just look- I know, but it just it just the whole thing about as they they refer to them as thoughts. I'm like the whole thing just makes me just laugh because I'm just 
It's yeah. It's <laughs> what what did you make of our little relationship in the Civ Give? That was quite fun. For those of you, for those of you who frenemies, frenemies. For those of you who don't know the Civ Give charity event, we're playing Civilization. If you don't know what Civilization is, sorry, can't really do a lot for you here. But just Google Civilization, you'll get the hang of it pretty quick. Uh, people go around, try and conquer the world, murder each other, backstab each other, do sometimes diplom- diplomatically be nice to each other. Oh, I went back and I watched your video. No, no, I know. So we're, yeah. <laughs> and so. Afterwards. And so. And I was right. Yeah. I knew it. So, so <laughs> we spawn next to each other in this map. And so the way Civ works, for those of you who don't play, is there's a big map and there's 10 of us playing this game. But realistically, you're only going to personally interact with two, three, maybe four people for most of the game. And those will be the people surrounding you. And so from my point of view, I my journey through this game happened in a complete 180. I assume the best RNG. Let's just put that out there right now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not here to talk about my RNG or anything. Before we get into the game, before we get into the game, I kind of assumed like okay, I'm playing Gaul, we got some domination strats going on. Right, we just know the Civ gift for content is going to be very domination heavy. Like, like for the content of the event, we want people to be interested and engaged. And the, like all of the marketing from last year's Civ give was us being nuked. Like that was that was That's the hilarious. main takeaway from last year. And so people are going to go to war. People are going to backstab each other. All that stuff. And I assume that was going to be part of my game. And so <laughs> I meet you and Peppermint Butler pretty early on. And as soon as you were like, like I remember immediately we met each other and. We were like, do we want to be friends? And I was like, yes, yes, I can be friends with Sassy. I can do this. This is going to be awesome. Then like 60 turns later, 80 turns later, I can just betray her. And I just have like all of this time to set up. And I just assumed I was going to have to betray somebody to win this game. And you were my neighbor. And that was just how that was going to go. Then though, then Coupe spawned next to you. And I got really good RNG. Coupe was next to you and you were having troubles with Coupe. And I agree with TGM. Picking Coupe, act of violence. That was that was an act of violence. So I was predisposed to wanting to murder Coupe more than I wanted to do anything in that game. And also, just based on my RNG, I was set up for life. I I was. Oh my gonna, gosh, it was uh, sickening. When I, I was gonna. When I watched your video. I was, I was gonna like, cruise look at through all those hills. Right, and so when we got to the part of the game, and I, in my defense, I did do a full round. Oh, you got an amazing relic to start with. Yeah, I got the relic, the settler pantheon. It was fantastic. By the time the game was ending. Chat was still like, yo, when are we betraying Sassy? I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. Like, at that point, you and I were actually besties and we were going to go murder Coupe. And I was totally invested in that. I remember being like, oh, man, oh, I, I was I remember so being excited. like, okay, so I'm going to bring the man arms. You're going to grab the fig- frigates. Do you got night or do you got yeah. night? And at that point, genuinely, I was never going to betray you from there. I will admit, though, that at the beginning of the game, I was like, I'm going to have to, be- like, I just assumed that the person who won would have to betray somebody to win. And it's good content. And I'm, I'm glad I didn't I have think to. The funniest but- thing I did is when I went back, I went over there and I was just like, Hey, you have some uh you have some soldiers over there. What you doing with them? Yeah, I had so many moments I was like, fuck is she onto us? Fuck, 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 no, 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 no. And then you were like, okay, we'll be friends again. Oh, I hundred percent knew you were. Yeah. Why do you think like this is the thing? People were like, Wow, she's being really paranoid. And then your chat's like, Well, she has a good reason to be. And they were all thrown <laughs> off. And I totally was on to yeah. your scam. Yeah. 
I mean, I left I, the soldier. I do want the credit for doing the 180. It's not like it didn't happen because the game ended. You I, think I still trust it? You I, thought I trusted I, you? I truly, by the end, was not going to betray you. That is the 100%. It didn't I didn't trust you. But yeah, that's fine. You should never trust anyone in Civ. Like, it, the, the whole point of the game is like... You know who taught me not to trust anybody? I have the best story for you. Go for it. Absolutely. So I was playing a game with my husband. <laughs> okay, yeah. And it wasn't Civ. It was Beyond Earth. Right, yeah. And I'm like, I was like, hey, why don't we, uh, why don't we be like, you know, how you can be on a team so you don't have to worry about anyone ever betraying you? Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 we'll just be an alliance. It'll be fine. Yeah, what guessing, do you think I'm happened? I'm guessing he killed you. Or he was like teching so high and beyond Earth, and then he just showed up with all of these ships and just obliterated me and i was so furious and he just he was cracking up and he was laughing so hard in the next room and i was like i can't believe you did that to me so i was like no i ain't trusting if i can't trust my husband yeah i will i will fully (laughs) admit i will fully admit though that by the time the game was ended probably 20 turns before when we the point where we were talking about niter and frigates and like our plan for killing coupe i was 100 done with the backstab plan and i was full-on murder coupe that was okay. Truthfully, but before that, I was 100 percent kind of backstab you at some point. I just assumed I need you to win. I really did. Oh, I, assumed... I, cl- I clipped that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I clipped that. <laughs> no, I, I remember even the moment too, because it's like a good 10 second clip where it was like where um, we made the first friendship, and I have this clip of me being like, "Yes, we're friends with Sassy. Yes, we're gonna betray Sassy." Like it's no, one, it's so... one, it's one clip. I don't even take a pause. It was yeah. Yeah, so I, I apologize for yeah, the deception, but I do I do want to say that I did fully come around by the end to being your best friend neighbor who was going to kill Coupe with my you. BFF. Yeah, your BFF. Who was... I thought it was funny when your chat's like, dude, you got to get out of the friend zone. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was pretty funny, too. My chat was having a good time. They were quite mad at the end when I told them we weren't going to betray you, though. They were like, but but Aww. but but you said you said at the beginning that we were going to take out. But when some... you think about it. You also got to think about your assets, because if I had my ships and you had the land, we that would have been OP. Kube. We would have just beat the crap out of Coupe. You thought I was going to stop there? Well, I don't. I don't know. I was. I was all in on Coupe. <laughs> I don't know where we were going after that. What was your overall? You actually made a big bit, bit of the star of the show moment during the the. Was it the draft or the whatever part where we were swapping Civs? diamond hands? Your diamond hands, Tamar. How is that experience for you? Like the raising money for charity aspect? Because it's easy to get caught up in the betrayals and the alliances and who was going to win. And like, oh, the game ended early. That's so unfair. Like, oh, VB got all this cool RNG and that relic and everything. And that is all part of the event. But in ret- like looking back on it, the only thing that's really important is the money we raised for the kids. So how did that yes. part of it go for you? How, how did you find trying to... It's hard. It's really hard to get people together to take money and donate it somewhere, right? Yeah, I... I set my bar for 2500 and I think at the end it doubled. Like I know we I went past 2500 and I think they were supposed to match that. Yeah, yeah, 2k is matching that. Yeah. Yeah, so that that would be almost like 5000. I think at the end I was at 2800 actually. Awesome. Yeah, so for for a very small streamer 
like I have maybe um, on average lately, it's been about 15 viewers um, consecutively during a four hour stream. Uh, it's a huge thing to to raise that kind of money. And Incredible. so like the whole That's a huge amount. Well, yeah, so the whole diamond hands thing for me was about I saw an opportunity to raise money, even though I had somebody in my chat say something kind of nasty, like she don't she doesn't give a shit about kids. And I was like, really? It's just not true, but OK, <sighs> pin, pin of shame. That's that's the exact pin of shame comment. I just saw that comment. I just let it fly yeah. on by because I was just like, sometimes it is not worth that time. <laughs> yeah. So it was that's the whole reason why I did it, because I knew that that would create interest, because the minute somebody says diamond hands, everyone stops. and They're like, we got it. We got to get that. You know, it's just like if you follow the stock market and you see the ups and downs. Yeah. I mean, look at what happened with um, GameStop and AMC. That was fun. I was in on that. I made a little bit of money on GameStop. I chickened out. I didn't hold. I didn't want to be one. Again, don't be a dad. You didn't want to be diamond hands. I didn't want to be diamond hands with GameStop. But right. So that's the reason why. Because I saw, I saw the way things were going, and I knew with all the memes and everything that he really wanted Tamar, and everybody wanted the meme. So I was just like, if I held that back, nobody would expect that. And when I grabbed that, the look on his face was priceless. He was like, "Oh, he was so sad." <laughs> I think, I think, I think we were all sad too. I think all of us were like, "Oh." And me. I just, I grabbed Tamar, and I'm like, "Tamar." Yeah. And great, everybody great was pick like, "For you though, like your brand and your personality, and like your how you wanted to approach this. Give great pick for you, absolutely." I just think I think Hunter Games got lost in the sauce, thinking he would just get it by default. And didn't think anyone was going to pick it, which is his. Well, I know what I'm banning next year. Yeah. So what's incredible about that, actually, is I'm banning Gaul. No, you're not. Anyways, I I didn't even draft (laughs) Gaul. People, people also forget Gaul wasn't even my pick. I didn't want to play Gaul. I I got Gaul for the kids. The good RNG was kind of separate. But everyone else in that game had OP suits too. I, I love just, how he's saying that, and yet he's defending it so hard at the same I time. I am defending <laughs> it because the RNG is part of the game, and my RNG was really good, and sometimes it wasn't really good. Last year, I got nuked. Last year, I did not get good RNG, and I got nuked. And so it happened. Someone yeah. was going to have good RNG. Man, my lands were flat as a pancake. Because I remember watching your video going, oh, wow, Sassy hasn't gotten that many. Because I had no production. Yeah. And like... And leading up to the Civ Give, when I was practicing, you know, I had a lot of people there and we were all strategizing together because I'm happy to strategize with chat. And they're like, you know, what's really going to win this sassy. They're like production. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Because like getting production helps you get everything out faster. And on a quick and, map where you only have half the turns, yeah. you need to turn things around quicker, right? You don't have as yeah. many turns to get your stuff on the board. Yeah. And I think one of my biggest handicaps is I spent so much time playing Civ 5. And in Civ 5, you did not want to spam settlers because you you're uh yeah, it's the exact everyone got really unhappy. So I still think I'm in this terrible habit sometimes of just being like two cities strong. And I'm like, no, 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 I need to stop that mentality. And like Civ 6 is really different. And I know people have talked to me where they said they don't like the transition that Civ 5 went from to Civ 6 and that is part of that transitional issue of um that they went with the with the way that they built the game and that you have to basically city spam spread out as far as yeah. possible 
And like early wars and troubles with barbs can really stifle you for a majority of the game if you don't get those cities out as fast as you can, you know, basically. And so that really sent me struggling. But the the Civ give overall, I was kind of nervous and I had like a panic moment where I was feeling very overwhelmed because I was constantly putting things out on Twitter. I was trying to stay on top of it like Moisos. And then I had to create some videos, like introduction videos. And I remember creating my first one and I was so nervous. And I'm like, why am I nervous? I'm recording this. Yeah. And it's not on Twitch. Why am I so nervous making this stupid introduction video? And I did, I did about 20 takes trying to put my introduction video out, which is like, hi, I'm to the Civ community. I'm here for Sass Laugh and like chill Christmas stuff. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why am I so nervous? And it's just, I was, I was kind of being pushed out of my comfort zone. And I, and I created, I tried to create like this funny video at like the day before the Civ give. And I almost didn't want to do it. And I'm like, boy sauce, why am I doing this? I really don't want to do this. I'm all stressed out. I'm stressed out about the Civ give because all I could think about was my first encounter with a big multiplayer with lots right, of, of people. Of course. Yeah, yeah. You've done it once before and it sucked. And so you're, yeah and so i was like when i reached out to to game mechanic and i'm like i i don't know if i can do this he's like do you want to get on voice do you want to talk we can talk this through and i was just telling him i'm just like i'm really nervous and you know i don't want to fail and i don't want to you know what i'm saying so i was like really nervous and lots of anxiety and and stuff like that and he 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 talked me off the the edge because i was yeah. like maybe i shouldn't even do this now and it was like the day before and he's like no 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 it's gonna be all right it's gonna be okay i'm here for you and i was like oh thank god because i i'm gonna be honest if the game mechanic wasn't in it i don't know if i would have went through with it because i was so nervous about it because of my horrific experience i had before that's really what it was about right so but now that i did it and we did an amazing thing raising so much money and the local hospital here it, that was another motivation it helps my 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 friend's daughter right, who's had yeah. to go there before and has a lot of health conditions and heart conditions so i knew that this was going to a good cause i was aware of this local hospital i was told about it from a friend that's helped him so i was just like that helped me push through it was the the support i got from everybody in the civ give like bows and you and foibles and all all of you guys made me feel very included and you you had my back the whole time. Like, I know that if I had one issue and somebody was harassing me or something, I could just go to you guys and say, hey, this this person from your community is doing this. This needs to stop. Absolutely. Yeah. Civ Interpol's real. Like, you don't, you get, you get, you do something bad in one chat, you're banned in all of them. There's been a few, I want to say yeah. it's four or five times someone's just sent me a message and be like, hey, this person was awful in my stream. Can you just preemptively ban them? I'm like, yep. No yeah, worries. Yeah. So and it isn't just about protecting the streamer. It's about protecting the community as a whole, because that's really what we're here for is for each other. Yeah. And if you want to be a part of a community, it's not just about take. It's also about give. And you need to think of we all need to think about that, honestly. Yeah. Do so you... overall, the experience was really good. And I feel like if I was invited back for next year, I would 100 percent be for it. And, you know, I think it's also important to and i've done marketing before that this time i would be more prepared like i would start making markets marketing materials now yeah. instead of like weeks leading up to it and then i think that if we do end up getting invited back it might be worth all of us getting together and starting a marketing scheme way ahead of time so we can play off of each other i did like a, i could play uh, off of your betrayal when i was in toronto 
I was possibly a little high, but Moy was there. <laughs> and so it was Moy and Zoe and I, and we'd done our our magic stuff or whatever. And it was just like, I was just high giving my sip give feedback. And I, I don't even remember what I said. I'm sure it was just some like unintelligible bullshit, but it was pretty fun to to be able to do that it's it, it was just i don't know i don't know why i chose then to do my i didn't send them any feedback on discord or anything up until that point and i was just yeah there in real life and i was like hey do you have any feedback on this too? Give like now's the time i was like dude absolutely <laughs> like now's the perfect time what was what was your experience what was your feedback on that um, I, I really enjoy this if give, I think it's great. Obviously love to participate in all that. Um, I think, I think for me, like 99 out of a hundred experience, like, I, I think it's, I think it's well run. It's well organized. Everyone, everyone in it is cool and we're all familiar with each other. Right. Like it's like, like you said, everyone has each other's back and we're, and like, it's part of the community. Like whenever like someone tweets out Peppermint Butler's introduction to the game or whatever, I'm there retweeting something dumb and funny about it and like kind of doing those like little roasts here and there. And so I love it. And so I just like the community aspect. I, it, it, you know, with COVID it's like you said, it's been hard to make friends and hang out with your friends and whatever. And it, it feels like a time when a bunch of people come together to do a good thing, which always feels good. I think the one thing, and this is something the audience wouldn't even know about. I think because I did two Civ events last year. One of them was the Club Esports event, um, which is a very different event. That was a competitive event with a prize pool and stuff. And then the Civ Give is the opposite of that, where it's it's like kind of faux competitive, and it's mostly just for raising the money. But one of the things I really liked about the Club Esports event that I, I, I kind of think if, if I was doing like my ideal Civ Give wish list is probably yeah. that I really liked being invited to a thing that was mostly finished because one of the things about the right. give is I'm being invited to it. I don't organize it. And so as That's the person true. being invited, what I liked about club esports is they had already figured out the rules of the game, the map types, the draft format, those types of things. And so I think one of my, one of the things I would say to, to Moyer, I mean, Moyer will probably listen to this and I, this is probably what I told him when I was high. I I'll, can't, I'll tell you my recommendation after I, your, I can't remember, but I, I think what I would really like is uh, we spent a lot of time in that discord talking about the rules and how we should play it. And like, when should war start and how should alliances work? And I think what I would like is for Moy and Zoe to figure out how they, cause it's their event. How do you want the yeah. event to go? I don't care. That's like, true. How do you want your event to go? Right. Yeah, it's their event. The, the map types. We're just the participants. Right, absolutely. The map types, the draft format, the amount of money you want to raise, the, you know, the, the marketing you want us to put in or whatever. And then when we get invited, we can either agree or disagree with that. We can be like, hey, I'd love to be a part of it. That sounds great. Or, hey, you know, I'm not yeah. really vibing with the rules of the game. I'm not really vibing with the amount of work I have to put into the marketing or whatever. I'm fairly unavailable. I don't think I'll be able to participate. And then, so I think my suggestion would be like, come up with a full set of how is this event going to go? The dates, the times, the rules, the map types. Well, the... I like the, the document that you were creating was fantastic. That's exactly that's it. Like have that frequently asked that questions done for us yeah. as the participants and then do one discord call. Like, you know how like the, the draft, we had two of them and they were pretty mandatory. Like you had to be there for the draft yeah. and you had to be there for the map draft or whatever it was. We had to be there. Yeah. Like do a rules day where anyone who wants to do a rules chat can be there on the discord and then just have one day where everyone hammers out the little quibbles and quabbles they have with the rules, the alliances, whatever. 
right? Yeah. And that way we're not spending six months in Discord trying to figure out how the game is going to play. And we can just put out for the community at the very beginning. Like, ideally, by the time the community knows the event is happening, we have already known we're participating in it. We already know what the rules are. There's already a frequently asked questions. We've already hammered out all of our little quips and Whatever. Yeah, we should definitely have that done like six months prior. Right. And so, like, and so we should also be like, have if there's requirements for things that we need to do, like social media or marketing, we should start that marketing yeah. stuff I feel six like months in advance. I feel like we're on the exact same page here. Because when I was when I was working at my um, library, we would have to. I was in charge of marketing when I came became a senior library technician, and we had to. We had a. It was on a military base, so we didn't just do all the marketing. There was a marketing agency for um, the wing that we were under uh, for the force support squadron. And we would have to give an entire year of what we plan for marketing in advance. Yeah. So we would say, this is what we're doing at the library. This is every event we're doing at the library a year out. So yeah. you, we would have to create all the marketing material, all the planning, like setting it, like if we had to book a room, if we had to do this or that, we'd have to give it to them a year in advance. So I'm just saying that's better too, because it would have been really good if we would have been able to be on like Twitch's main page. That, that was our bad. Like that, as the Twitch, one of the Twitch partners in the crew, that was completely our bad. We totally could have been on the front page. You um, like, we need to actually like reach out to yeah, them a year P in advance. Bose and I, and TGM, I don't know if those TGM is really his job to do, but um, I found I, there's a website. There's actually an email. I I did there's some a, research. For, there's in the partner dashboard. There's a way to request to be on the front page, and I just didn't yes. know that existed. And that's just on us to not have checked. Um, okay, there's also a, there's also an email that you can yeah you can the send email, email you can request. use for events like the Civ Give if there's no Twitch partners involved, but yeah. you want your thing on the front page because it's for charity or whatever it is um yeah and it would have been great to have the 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 civ show because they were the yeah. spectators and they had all the guests and stuff like that but what i recommended uh and we talked about this in the um because we still are all in the discord talking discussing ideas yeah. i think it would be better if we part of the issue was the disconnects and we didn't get to finish a game because of all the disconnects because and my husband's like a network engineer. He tried to explain this. That if you have people connecting from all po points of the world, that's going to be an issue. Like it's if just, you have someone yeah. from Australia that goes and that line goes all the way through the Atlantic and on and on. And you have people from Ireland and Europe and like But even Canada. just North America is huge. Like you're in yeah. Carolina. You're going to have issues. I'm in, so my I'm in Vancouver, that's a far distance. Yeah. So my suggestion would be to do a bracket. Because be cool. a lot of us a lot of us play on different levels and tiers. Like I tend to play like King and I can play up to like immortal if I want to, but a lot of players, you guys play on deity. So I thought if we did a bracket, we could match, we could have matches leading up to the main event, which could, would create interest. So Absolutely. like, say, so say that we did like, and then that it would be smaller maps. So like if we did like a three V three, like if there's okay, let's say there's ten players, right? And we did like two, we did a a, a how would we split that like three, 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 three and four maybe. Yeah, three, three and four, week one, and then week two, and then usually it's the third week of December. Yeah. 
everybody would be in the correct brackets and then we would face off and have a 5v 5v5 i think that's cool and you could split you could split that off into two days so you could have the first 5v5 on saturday with guests that can't make sunday so you can have more guests right and then sunday you would have another 5v5 and that would give the, the Civ show more time to have more guests, like, you know, yeah, guests. Yeah, they can have more people on the broadcast. Yeah, and that would also give the, the, the creators chance to go root for their favorite, too. Yeah. So, like, if I was if I was on Saturday with Foibles and Sarge and whoever might be in my bracket, and then um, a 5v5 could possibly get completed in one day. There's a tournament. Then, there's a tournament of streamers called Pog Champs, and it's a chess tournament. Mm-hmm. And I, I've I've just discovered it since the Civ Give happened. I didn't know about it before then. And there, it's a very similar idea. It's not for charity specifically, but it's kind of for charity. Um, and it's the idea is it's a bunch of content creators. In this case, that don't normally play chess, that are playing chess. But in our case, we all at least play Civ. Um, yeah. But the way they do it is it's like you're you're split into groups. So you only play the people in your group. And from there, you get put into a championship bracket if you finish in the top two of your group or like the consolation bracket if you finish in the bottom two. But from there, yeah. everyone is part of one of the brackets. And so it takes a month to do the whole thing, right? It's like, or two Yeah, months. so some... So something like that, I think, would be awesome because it would create interest. Yeah, that's exactly... But, but like as someone who discovered it, I went yeah. back and I watched all of it it was like i watched how many like even just in terms of like ad revenue if you were donating like youtube ad rep to charity or whatever like i went back and watched dozens and dozens of hours of the tournament from the beginning which is dozens of hours of content as opposed to eight hours of content plus the drag was a total of 14 hours of content maybe like so yeah and it gives more time to like that's the thing with marketing is to create interest so if you have you have people tuning in every week to three different games that can create a ton of interest. Or if it's just one game a week with the three V three or here, this three, this three. And like you have, at at least if you have one game leading up to it a week that create interest and the Civ show can be the spectators and we are playing with the same roles. And so that every, not only do we get familiar with the roles for the main event, the viewers are familiar with the rules for the main event as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't know. Like again, I don't organize it, so I don't know which variation of that. I almost don't care. They, like I don't care. Like they. Like I think part of it is like I. I, I just want to be invited to a thing that already exists. I think I want to yeah. be less involved in the creation of that thing, because I. Like it just. It was weird to me that like three weeks before the event, I was spending so much of my time in a Discord talking about the rules. And then, like, having to convey those rules to the community, I was like, I just wish we'd have done this three months ago. Like, I don't know why we're yeah, still... Yeah, I'm going document. And you know what mm. I did is, like, I, like, downloaded it. And I was like, if you have questions, refer to this document. Yeah, like, the, just day one, we're doing the Civ Give. Here, yeah. We, we've already all agreed to these rules. Here is the facts. Like, just take it, and you just know everything you need to know about the event. Yeah, especially if we ended up doing brackets. And I think it makes it easier on the presenters, too. If it's split over two days, they don't have to do both two days. Yeah, you, you can know? rotate a cast. and You can rotate a cast. You can rotate. And you can rotate. It gives them so much more time to have more guests and do more fundraising event type stuff, you know. So it's it's an idea I've presented. And um, I think it's also good if you guys are listening to this and you have some suggestions they, they or comments. 
Any, anytime Definitely. the Sivgib comes up anywhere, Moy will just, even if he doesn't listen to the whole podcast, he will click to this part of it. Hi, Moy. Yeah, he will. Love click. you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he'll click to it back <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So Moy, Moy said he liked my idea. He's like, oh, that sounds really good because, you know, it is a lot of work. And trying to fit it all and sandwich it in one day with 10 content creators is a lot more because I think, yeah. how many was it last year? Eight. Yeah, eight, eight people playing. But no yeah. commentary view. Eight people right. playing, so, but no commentary okay. view. Well, with the commentary, that's why I think, like, I think five on a Saturday, five on a Sunday, the event happens over a weekend yeah. versus one day. And I think, and that takes a lot of stress off of the content creators, too, yeah. because I would have liked to have seen, you know, I would have liked to have watched the game mechanic and being his cheerleader in the background with yeah. my pom poms. Like, oh. Selfishly, too, like anything that's good for content in the Civgit is, is good for you as a creator, right? Like all, yeah. of, all of the days leading up to the Civgit where I was just like spamming Gaul over and over again for the practice, like those are some of my highest viewed streams of the year. Just yeah, I had the same thing. I had tons of people in on those days. They, they yeah. wanted to see what I was up to. I had you spying on me. Yeah, <laughs> part of it is like the spying. That was hilarious. That was so funny. I, we, do, we do actually have to finish up here shortly. But one of the things that okay. I loved is that None of us cared because at the end of the day, it is for kids and it's for fun. Yeah. And that's the reason there's like, obviously there's no prize pool in a charity event, but that's why there's not an elimination thing. Like no one's getting eliminated, right? Like it's, you're not meant to feel like you, you have to play super well to have fun and be successful. Right. It's, it's just about raising the money. I started getting really serious at one point because my husband's like, you need to chill out a little bit. You're starting to get snippy. Right. <laughs> I was so, just like, Damn. but the community is very competitive because they're on a team. The community <laughs> mostly likes all of us but has their home right some people will like vb's their favorite streamer and they like all the other ones yeah. but they're rooting for me or like they're rooting for you or like tgm's, I was, TGM's I community i was really surprised like the people rooting for me because they were just my community might be small but they are loud small and, and i mighty. love you small and mighty so tgm's community was very mighty like that and they were very protective Right, like as soon as TGM rolls a bad start, like screw this stupid Civ, give this sucks, ah! And so the community would get super mad when we were all in yeah. each other's streams. I would go to TGM's stream uh, or Peppermint Butlers or both, and someone would make some dumb comment like, "Oh, I see you're like spying now." I was like. You, you do realize that if Bozeus did not want his gameplay to be spied on, he wouldn't have broadcast it live on Twitch.tv. Yeah, like, number one rule for not getting spied on is don't broadcast it on Twitch. I was so it shocked. It was funny because Potato Whiskey's like, I've been practicing offline. <laughs> right. Like, but that's what I mean. If you were doing some super secret strat, I practiced a few strats offline. The strat that I used in the Civ Give, I didn't practice a lot, but I practiced it offline. Right, that was more like sneaky faith-based gall, which isn't usual, but it happened, and so I had. But like, I didn't yeah. do that on stream. I didn't do like the the relic practice on stream. That like, was ridiculous. I'll tell you, things would have been very different if I had my horse lady. Yeah, yeah, I was scared of your horse lady. Because <laughs> uh, that would have been a very different playthrough. Did you end up? Would, I I would have said, yeah, we're friends. As I'm on your border with, with ten like horses. eighteen horses. <laughs> Yeah, I would have had like a a, a, a like ocean of horses. I, that in the moment like... that would I would have been, like in the moment I would have been so mad spawning next to Cynthia, like so grumpy. <laughs> in retrospect, though, if I had gotten the shit kicked out of me by your horses, that would have been the best. 
Like, like, well, they would have. I was terrified too because I was like, they would have squared off against each other. It would have been a mighty battle because yeah. the they are really. If you put your guys next to each other, they get a huge benefit. And and I get early encampments, like the the industrial zones. I get count as encampments. Those were crazy. And so yeah, they're. they're so really I was crazy. I was okay that I got Wilhelmina because I, one of the one of the things were for donating is polders, and I got yeah. so excited about the polders, and um, I'm glad. Yeah, and I'm really glad that people, because um, people donated it. I put it at ten dollars for. I wasn't going to build a single pol- polder if people didn't donate. Right, that's funny. That's good. That's so clever. People got so excited about the polders. So like the donations were just coming in, the ten dollar donations for the polders. So I was so happy I got to at least build those. I didn't get to upgrade some of my ships because someone, uh, some people did some really good names for ships. So one of the ships was like Steve. Oh, that's good. That's clever. <laughs> Another one was the the Rigaconte. Yeah, that's cool. From the Expanse. I feel like I feel like you definitely had one of the most successful marketing campaigns of the Civ Give though. Between the Tamar thing, thank you. But like, I'm just comparing it. Like, a lot of people do like shave their beard kind of stuff. But in terms of like relative relative to like, if you would probably, I think relative to if you had asked yourself how much money you were gonna raise and like what your goals were compared to how well you used marketing to achieve those goals, like definitely the biggest uptake. Right. Aww, like, so sweet. Yeah. No, it just like the $500 thing for tomorrow is fucking genius in terms of like just a, just a money raising thing. Like that's hilarious. And additionally, you got like, that was like the star of the show. Like that's all people yeah. talked about at the end. And so not only did you raise a bunch of money for the kids, but in terms of like your own stream, getting people into it, right. People are like, Oh fuck. I've never heard of sassy gamer lady, but that was cool. Like that was awesome. Yeah. And I, and I pulled off the sass. Cause even when I was like, okay, bestie. Yeah. And you can then, just hear it in your voice. Like, Oh yeah. And then the polders, that's, that's very creative and, and, and fun as well. Yeah. No, very, very good marketing performance. The, the one that really pulled it off is when I said, I'm going to dress as a Corgi and potato whiskey's like, Oh, we need to make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's going to be awesome. Right. Oh, yeah not not to for the other civ give people not to discredit your marketing campaigns i can assure you mine was probably one of the worst ones i did absolutely nothing other than well, be the like thing, the way the i kids. looked at it as i have maybe when i first started the civ give i had maybe a thousand followers on on twitch that's it yeah um i had maybe 300 follows on twitter i had 66 follows on my youtube channel and i knew that if i set a goal for 2500 um, and I hyped my community up. I said, we might be small, but we're mighty. So I knew in my mind that with n- how small I was, I was going to set my goal high. And I knew I'd have to work 10 times harder than anybody else because I didn't have the visibility. And I wasn't and doing we all had this the same goal, right? Like, so like TGM yeah. has a bigger channel than me, had the same goal that is me that has a bigger channel than foibles with the same goal as you has a bigger channel than like, so it's yeah, like definitely. Yeah. That's so I knew hard. I would have to work 10 times harder. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And I was yeah. like, bring it on. That's so what I'm I saying, though, is like you brought it on. It was very successful, like, like <laughs> a hugely you. successful performance. But I couldn't have done it without the support of the fans and you and Game Mechanic. And I really I, I think that the thing I love the most about this wasn't only just the cross pollination of our communities, 
was the 10 of us have got to know each other better. We're doing this right now. Like this is, yeah, like this exact type of thing is what happens when you network and you treat people kindly and you're inclusive and you hang out and have a good time. Yeah, because then I think that was something we're all talking about in the sick give is we we've said we're still all in the discord. We're like, hey, we need to get together and do more stuff like this because it's a great way to show what you can do with as content creators. That isn't just about, you know, hey, hey, look at me kind of thing, you know. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. This is so long. You can just split it up into three parts. No, no, no. no. It's going as one. It's a good thing we didn't have beers because it would have been. Oh, my God. I would have been an absolute mess. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Sassy, where can people find you online? Where do you want people to find you online? I'll clip this Um, also at the beginning of the. When I edit it, I'll duplicate this to the beginning. So if people don't listen to the whole thing. Okay, I think the best way to follow, um, if you're on Twitch, uh, follow me on Twitch. But if you want to keep track of what I'm doing, because I post everything on Twitter, it's Sassy Gamer Lady, because there's only one. Sweet. Yeah, for those watching on YouTube, that's all visible to you, her Twitch and her Twitter. If there's any other YouTube channels or anything, they'll be in the show notes or in the YouTube description. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is the first one. Thank I just want to say again, I'm super appreciative for you being the the, the guinea pig for the podcast i'm sure from here it'll go through many iterations yeah we're frenemies we started out as like you know yeah enemies on civ and now we're frenemies right. and so, no we're friends yeah. <laughs> i just appreciate the help it's like you said at the beginning it's always you know kind of scary to branch out into something new and, and do something it new. Is. so i'm i'm glad you so enthusiastically offered to be the first person yeah and now you gotta you gotta watch anime and, and you yeah, gotta play now Goomba i got it. homework i'm leaving this with anime I will watch it. Whatever you recommend, I will watch the anime. All right, everyone. That is going to do it for this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, everybody. And we will see you in the next one.